Hey there. We would like to start by thanking some people like Nick H., Jessica Velez, Scott Abbott, George Homework Bush Funeral City, 350 Billion Dead, and Gwilym Wogan. All of these nice people have gone to patreon.com slash duckfeetv and gotten early access to shows, such as our new show, Orb, which is about the Venture Brothers at orb.show, or uh, Unfilmable, which used to be a show about Lovecraft film adaptations, but is now becoming about general horror media. Boy, a lot is happening over at patreon.com slash duckfeetv. Uh, thanks for doing that stuff. Thank you. My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. It is a Games Club podcast. And this week we are talking about The Operative, No One Lives Forever, which is a very groovy first-person shooter developed by Monolith Productions and published by Fox Interactive for the PC in 2000. Yeah, baby. My wife. <laughs> very nice. Mm. Um yeah uh, i don't like that this is called the operative no i I don't no one calls it that and i'm not going to either no i only Um, put it there for uh for for you know accuracy's sake we're going to just refer to this as no one lives forever uh going into the future nolf that's everybody's good friend nolf elf's neighbor (laughs) i actually dogs gordon (laughs) 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 yeah so yeah, so this uh, this episode is executive produced by Joe Martin. Thank you, Thank Joe. You. Uh, we appreciate you. Mm-hmm. Uh, this has been uh, something that we has been on our radar for a very long time, and we're hemming and hawing because you can't get it, which we'll talk about at length. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we decided to Google it because fuck everything. Yeah. Uh, and then also, <laughs> like you know, you really leave us no choice. Like you know, Fox Interactive, yeah, and Monolith Productions, and when, various rights holders. When you decide fuckers. that it's not worth the expense to make sure I can play your game. <laughs> It's kind of like, yeah. well, it's not worth the expense to buy the machine to play it on. So fuck you. Yeah. yeah. yeah go to hell. Go to go um, straight to hell. Don't pass. Go, go. straight to hell. Uh, so this game takes place in the groovy 1960s. Mm-hmm. Uh, you play as Kate Archer, who is a British special agent working for the fictional spy agency Unity, tracking down a new terrorist organization named Harm. H-A-R-M. We mm-hmm. don't know what that stands for. We never will. There, there is a joke that it has something to do with like hair something replacement for men um yes that is uh that is kind of like an easter egg later on they're they're kind of playing into the to the goofiness of the uh of of the acronyms of the of, of the time yeah yeah i think that is the uh there's a joke that it's this hair replacement thing 
But mm-hmm. then later in the series, my understanding is they do more with just nobody knowing exactly what it stands for. Right, right. Uh, because even though this is, you know, uh, it, it like takes place during the Cold War and all of that, you've got these fictional agencies. This is a parody. They say it's not mm-hmm. a parody. They say like, oh, you know, uh, comparisons to Austin Powers are not uh, are not necessarily fair. Like this is a comedy game that is using the tropes <laughs> like. Yeah. Yeah, it totally is. It, it could not feel more different than tone than Austin Powers, really. Right. Like there are parts of it, like there's like some outsized characters and stuff, but it it's not nearly as broad. Right. And there are more just just straight up scenes of dialogue, serious dialogue and such in mm-hmm. this. So it, it is if you're looking if Austin Powers is too spicy for you, <laughs> uh, but you're still looking for a sixties spy parody, yeah. This might be your might be your game. But if one uh, thing that not, you are that you are looking for, if you say what I like about Austin Powers is how it comments on how gender roles have changed uh between the sixties mm-hmm. and the nineties. Uh boy, yep. you got this here in spades. <laughs> yeah, this this also does it, but from a uh, a different perspective. Right. Um, it's a story focused game. So this mm-hmm. is a, uh, heavily narrative shooter, um, where you kind of go globetrotting different locations around the world. You're fighting a colorful cast of bastards, both fat and otherwise. <laughs> um, and, uh, this was made, you know, by monolith. Uh, you may know monolith. Uh, I primarily know them from blood. Mm-hmm. Um, this has some blood DNA Yeah, and it's, it's a good shooter. It feels like a good kind of retro shooter. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, half-life era, you know, good movement, good shooting. Everything feels good. Uh, the pace is very similar to Half-Life. Um, it's not quite as, like, masterful mm-hmm. as Half-Life. Um, it kind of, you know, it's much more dialogue-focused in yes. its storytelling. Yeah. Like, its priorities are different than Half-Life, but that's the closest comparison in terms of how it feels as a shooter. Mm-hmm. I primarily know Monolith for Fear. Um, I, 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 this mm-hmm. is literally just the age difference here coming out, I think. And also you were more into PC games in the 90s than I was. Uh, but you can see how this is kind of a stepping stone to what we would get in fear with uh, the combat AI and speed of shooting and stuff. Yeah. And when they introduce the uh, the pregnant Ringu subplot, <laughs> uh, that's real. That really presages fears. It, it's, it's hidden uh, in some of the film reels that you can get. Uh, this is yeah. a direct prequel to that, which is very strange because that world has a much different, uh, much different tone. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, and another thing that feels pretty similar to Half-Life about this and is also to this game's credit is that the levels are big, intricate, and they feel like they are modeled after real places or functional mm-hmm. places, functional human places. Yes. There are bathrooms. Yes. Uh, immersive Sim <laughs> DNA, Duke Nukem 3D, blood. Mm-hmm kind of thing yeah uh you know and that's i i enjoy that i don't like going through uh combat mazes i saw you tweeting about playing blood and saying that it owns um the version of blood that you played is that like fresh supply or something like that yes that's the the remake that is very very faithful um but also uh you know runs better gotcha um you could also get classic blood on gog i think Hmm. called one full unit blood oh weird which i really like because it sounds like the alien (laughs) from men in black like at a (laughs) drive-thru um the take, uh take, take some plasma and put some red blood cells in it put it in a bag um so but i but i love that feeling of uh being in being in a real space mm-hmm. uh here um the uh, uh i was thinking in, in contrast to that like i have some affection for say like your quake threes and your unreal tournaments mm-hmm. and stuff but those feel like the nadir of just like shooter arena kind of thing like unreal tournament does it's like the opposite of this in terms of level yeah. design 
I mean, it's you know? it's designed to get out of the way and let the player be, let the other players be the, the you know, the focus of what you're doing. The incident. Yeah. yeah. Like we're in a factory that makes lava. Mm-hmm. Um, we're on know, some and, platforms and in space what, with launchers. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, so the opposite of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the enemy AI is pretty advanced for the time. Um, mm-hmm. They'll attempt to find cover. They will dodge roll. Um, they'll use the environment to their advantage. Uh, they get ground on you a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times if you're being shot, it is because the enemy has an advantageous position above mm-hmm. you. Usually on some kind of balcony or mezzanine. Yeah, they do. Uh, mm-hmm. They do tend to get uh, tend to get a high ground on you. And that is mm-hmm. tough to deal with if you are, you know, kind of coming back to this and assuming that it will uh, be a kind of a more standard more standard first person mm-hmm. shooter fair. Um, oh, what is standard first person shooter? Where is your basic um, weapon loadout? You're not getting an awful lot of like goofy stuff that'll be in the gadgets. So we're going to talk about that later, but you know, you get like a revolver and a, an automatic pistol and it goes all the way up. Uh, so on and so forth through your machine guns and your shotguns, ultimately like getting like a grenade launcher, a sniper rifle, things like that. The usual kind of loadout that is complemented by the uh, ability to use alternative uh, ammunition or to use like alternate fire modes. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, I find this even to this uh, arsenal a little bit more limited mm-hmm. than, uh, than most shooters of the time, um, you know, but it's okay because you can really get by with the pistol for a lot of it. Yes. Um, you know, uh, like, like an immersive sim, mm-hmm. um, this alternate ammunition thing was something I continuously forgot about mm-hmm. uh, on a perpetual basis. Like would just forget to use different fire modes or different ammunitions, um, and partly that was because I largely I did my best to play from stealth and just do headshots. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, I feel like uh, this is maybe a little underutilized. Yeah. Uh, it's neat, you know. the The status effects are neat. Um, you can do things like you know damage over time. I believe there are ones that damage uh, health directly instead of armor. Mm-hmm. Um, but Boy, and there are different resistances as well. There are items yeah. you can get that will give you a resistance to a certain uh, ammo type. It's kind of hard to intuit which which ammo type an enemy is going to use, right. and almost never in advance. So when you get those special items that give you resistance to like dum dum rounds, mm-hmm. uh, I have no idea what kind of rounds people are carrying at this nightclub. Yeah, you know, so but, that, that ended up being not a frustration, but just kind of a, this feels like a 60% or 70% baked system to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mostly forgot that it was there until I got shot with a bullet that had a uh, more explicit status effect uh, kind of associated with it. The uh, the hallucinogen that causes floating goats to uh, to appear around. You. Yes. Stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. Yep. Um, so it's neat. It's almost there. Um, I like that enemies, the enemies use them as well. Um, mm-hmm. that is cool and feels natural. You mentioned certain weapons or certain ammo types, you know, damaging health and armor different. We should talk about that because th- that is a very strange decision that they made on how to handle this, uh, because yeah. they have health and armor, um, you know, they're, they're separated as stats, but the way they behave is different. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it reminds me of, you know, with a non-regenerating shield of a more modern kind of thing in that, um, you're still signaled like, so you have armor. Uh, armor goes down first. Armor can be replenished. Um, however, health cannot. So once your health starts going down, like that's when you're in trouble. Mm-hmm. Similar to a, a Halo or a game with a regenerating shield. Yes. Um, except instead, it's almost like you have this emergency reserve mm-hmm. uh, health tank um, that's just serious time. Yeah. And when something bypasses it, when you run into poison damage or fire damage or what have you that bypasses it, it's serious time because that's mm-hmm. that's not going anywhere. Right. Uh, that's not coming back. 
So it ended up being a thing where you were actually, they're fairly generous with just armor pickups. Mm-hmm. Um, you have a lot of freedom to get hit, and that is good and to be expected in a hit scan game with no cover system. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, you do, you can't be willy nilly. You can't be entirely brave. It's not yeah. Call of Duty where it's just like take a breather and wait for your guy, all his bullet holes to close and push out the bullets. <laughs> you know? Logan. Yeah. Yeah, can't Logan it up. <laughs> yeah, I only found I think maybe two health pickups in the entire game, and those were on like very long missions, and they felt yeah, pretty extremely well rare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And of course, you got those different, um, uh, the you know different environmental um, effects that will bypass your armor as well. Like, don't stand in a gout of steam or breathe toxic gas. Seems pretty, you know. It seems like mm-hmm. it seems obvious that it'd be bad, but it is especially bad because it takes away your reserve. Um, yes. Yeah. You mentioned the stealth before, uh, as mm-hmm. we had as we had talked about. You can choose for most of the missions whether or not you want to um, uh, approach stealthily or go uh, go guns out. Um, unfortunately, sometimes they take that away from you. There are certain missions where you do have to, uh, you know, you, you you do have to be stealthy you or at least not. You die. Yeah, yeah. Or if they if they uh, raise an alert or if they fire a gun, uh, you die. So the margin for error is relatively slim. There are ways in which the system is actually pretty robust and impressive, mostly in enemy behavior, and there are ways in which it falls short, mostly in feedback that is given to you. Uh, in feedback, and then I also think rigor. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I don't. I don't think any of the perfect stealth levels in this game are fun whatsoever. Right. Uh, which is which is a bold statement, but it's true. Like I, I like this game on the balance. Mm-hmm. Um, I like it when it is a combat hallway. I like it when it is uh, a game that is stealthy until it's not. Mm-hmm. Um, every single string of missions that if an alarm was raised, I failed felt like having my teeth pulled out. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's, some, that's something I hate in video games anyway. I never want stealth just to mean failure mm-hmm. or failure of stealth to mean failure of the game. Um, I think that lacks imagination. Uh, and in this game, um, you know, you mentioned uh, feedback, which is 100%. You know, you don't have a radar. You can't see through walls. Uh, you can't do a lot of things. Uh, the way that they do that, you don't even have a lean button. The way that the game handles uh, peeking around corners is just the guy saying, well, if you're there, just there for a second, they probably won't notice you. <laughs> uh, and that's really vague. Yeah. Um, there's no timer. There's no exclamation point above their mm-hmm. head. There's no meter. There's a thing that uh, you tells you, to... like, like, how long it will take for somebody. Like, you know, certain people are more observant than others is what I noticed. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. sometimes... is, it, is it determined by distance? Like, yeah. what? Give me, give me, a f- throw me a fucking bone here. I'm Doctor <laughs> you know, Evil. Throw me one you know, million dollars. I'm Doctor Evil. Eh? Bones here. I'm Doctor <laughs> Evil, baby. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so it's just, it's just ridiculous. And then the rigor piece, I think, is really important mm-hmm. because I have never, in a video game, I have like almost never infiltrated places that are more secure in terms of cameras. Uh huh. <laughs> There are so many fucking security cameras in this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, just infinite. And you cannot, until very late in the game, you cannot deal with them. Right. Um, you know, shoot it. They, they very you know, early on say, hey, shooting cameras is as bad as being seen. Mm-hmm. Shooting spotlights is as bad as being seen. And I fundamentally strongly disagree with this game design decision. Like, yep. <laughs> I, I really like, you know, like shooting a camera, having a guard to come check it out. Mm-hmm. You know, great. Like raises the alert a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, instant fail though. No, no, like, don't you, care you're for just that. taking away. You know, the only tool to get past the camera is to wait or try to find the angle. And just the number of times I had to quick load because a camera was like right above the door I was exiting. Uh huh. You know, or I shot a guard who had ducked 
around a corner in camera view uh, was just maddening. Mm-hmm. Like everything with the cameras in this game fucking sucks. Uh, and it's, it's crazy. Like it's really crazy making because when this game is good, it like absolutely sings. It's really fun, like great retro shooter. And then they're just like, mm, no fun for a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, here, here, we're taking away your fun card, uh, deal with these, uh, these cameras. And that's really, really frustrating. Like got yeah. my blood pressure up. Yeah. When you say deal with cameras, what you mean is like, wait for it to kind of maybe look the other direction. Um, hope that you got that right again, because you don't yeah. see the cone and then walk under it like directly under it hope that doesn't expose you to guards um yes yeah Yeah. (laughs) and then uh Uh, and then wait under it for the for the camera to turn so you can go where you need to go uh it really uh it throws a wet blanket on the uh on the pace of play yeah and it's only on certain levels you know they're kind of basically you know three different type four different types of levels like purely narrative combat hallways stealth until it's not and then pure stealth yeah and three of those are really good Mm mm-hmm and one of them, which is, you know, again, roughly the fourth of the game or so, is really pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, you know? It means, uh, like, so it, it kind of came down save. to, I couldn't imagine playing this on, uh, we were, we were going to make the same point, I couldn't imagine playing this on the uh, the PS2 port of this without having quick Good save. God. I wrote it, I yeah. wrote quick save like it was the reload button, dude. For, yeah. For, especially yeah. for those missions. Be- because it was just too frustrating mm-hmm. not to. Um, it is, it is the single biggest flaw to this game. No, uh, it is the, it is to me, it is the thing that stops this from being like an unqualified win and just like ultra classic. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a weird thing with as much fandom love as this has gotten. And like the way you play this is through fans creating this handy dandy executable. You can just download, Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. Fix this. Mod it. <laughs> Mod, yeah. Mod, get get yeah. on it, mods. Get, get in there. Yeah, like, like hey, stealth. It's fun this time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just, I, I mean, turn off the cameras or let you shoot them or do something, mm-hmm. you know, ex- expose, like expose a variable that shows like how close I am to being, uh, to, to being detected, you know, like mm-hmm. give me a light gem. Like there, there has to be some kind of math going on in the background that you can expose. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, And this is uh, when on the missions where you fail stealth, um, you fail with anything. Mm -hmm. So um, an enemy uh, raising an alarm and enemies will immediately go for an alarm as opposed to fight you, which is good AI, but frustrating practically. Mm -hmm. Um, Also on the stealth until it's not levels, uh, the ways to turn off the alarm Mm -hmm. are pretty rare. Yeah. Um, usually in these games, the same panel that the enemy would use to turn on the alarm, you can use to turn it off. Right. Uh, which again, I like because it puts you in this liminal state. So an mm-hmm. enemy turn on the alarm, you shot the enemy, you know, other enemies are coming. You feverishly dispose of the body. Yeah. Um, you turn off the alarm and then you hide until the heightened alert goes down. Mm-hmm. It's not realistic, mm-hmm. you know, because it's silly for them to be like, Oh, that's over, <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, but it just, it's more fun. Yeah. This is more realistic. Once the alarm is on, like you can't turn it off from the same panel. Mm-hmm. Um, there's like, it feels like there's two places to turn off alarms in this entire world. Yeah. Uh, you know, but it's, uh, it just, it's less fun. Yeah. And, and it also might be like a, a, a symptom of me just being used to newer games and needing to be coddled a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But like the items that you can interact with to affect change in the world, be they um, be they mission critical things or just something like the terminal where you can turn off the power to the alarm, they blend in really, really well. <laughs> it's actually mm-hmm. really hard to like 
determine what is interactable at a glance. So like, again, more feedback visually in the environment felt, felt necessary to me because like when I would, when I would get stuck and I would look up, okay, what do I need to do to get through this? It would say, Oh, go to this panel in this room, you know, that is here relative to this other room. And I would go and look at it. I think I would never, ever think to you press the use button on that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So ah, it's boy. a, you know, it's, it's, it's a problem. Uh, you talked about disposing of the bodies. Uh, bodies are one of like the 11 things that the AI system can notice. Uh, hilariously, <laughs> uh, the, that you have corpse disposal powder, which you sprinkle on the body to dissolve it, which is actually really fucking dark, actually. Yeah, I was thinking about how bad it would be to breathe in. Like the fumes that come out from that, which you do on the regular. No lungs, please. <laughs> yeah, I just, <laughs> just I just like I breathed in this person a little uh-huh. bit. You know that doesn't seem good. Yeah, um, like they so they put this in because obviously Kate with her small frame would be unable would be unable to carry the bodies of the guards she subdued. That's the excuse that they gave. They didn't want to model carrying corpses yeah. around. By the time No One Lives Forever Two came around, you would be able to move bodies on your own. Yeah. And I actually like this better because you're not just like trying to find a closet. Yes. You know, to stick them in. Um, They make it a limited resource Mm -hmm. and they have an equipment system in this game that I actually like quite a bit where you can choose whether to take this with you. So there is kind of a nod towards expressive play Mm -hmm. uh, in that. Yeah. Um, The uh, corpse disposal powder is considered a gadget. Uh, There are many different gadgets in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, in between missions, uh, new gadgets are made available by Santa, which is a game's version of Q, uh, in Santa's workshop. Mm-hmm. And, uh, these are consistently pretty fun, even if they're not incredibly useful, you know, like some of them are, there some are much more useful than others. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is, this is fun. Yeah. Um, and this is, takes the Sailor Moon mm-hmm. approach where, uh, like how Sailor Moon fights, uh, using compacts and, uh, makeup pieces and stuff. Mm-hmm. So does Kate Archer. Yeah. Like you get lipstick grenades, you get perfumes that can do different things. Um, you mentioned inhaling the body powder. Uh, you mm-hmm. can inhale the perfume. Like you, if you if you deploy it unwisely or at a bad distance, you can be affected by it. So if you're trying to knock somebody mm-hmm. out, it can blow back on you. Um, mm-hmm. You get like sunglasses that let you zoom in and do camera stuff and spot. You know, detect fr- mines. Yeah, detect mines. Freaking laser beams. All of that. Yes. Um, One this million is, laser beams. <laughs> this is really cool. You know, kind of quickly they end up just kind of giving you alternate uses for. Um, gadgets that you already have like oh here's another mm-hmm. different kind of lipstick or whatever but it's pretty generous and pretty inventive for a good long time yeah yeah it's it's always fun even when they're not useful in level it's it's a delight to get these between levels mm-hmm. um the uh each mission you can change your loadout so there is a default loadout that the game thinks you should have which is not always the correct one right um and then you can substitute based on kind of slots so you have a certain number of slots for weapons, for gadgets, uh, for you have a one special item you can bring in and such. Um, and you can change these out. If a, if an item is mission critical, it'll be found in the mission. Yeah. So you can't screw yourself by not like taking the lockpicks, mm-hmm. you know, for example. Um, there are also these special items that you can find that are kind of high value items that are secrets uh, tucked away. And you can go replay mm-hmm. uh, levels with these items in order yeah. to get these kind of special bits of gear. Um, these are things like, uh, like I mentioned, there are things that change your resistances to certain ammo types. Mm-hmm. Um, you can get fuzzy slippers, which make your increase your stealth, which I basically just kept on the, the entire yeah, time yeah. once I found them. 
Um, but there are other ones that are, that are neat too. Uh, there's a, uh, a bandage uh, system that gives you health resistance or mm-hmm. things that, you know, your actual health. There's a bunch of these. Yeah. Um, it's neat. I'm not going to replay these levels to get all the collectibles or anything, mm-hmm. but uh, I liked the system, you know, on its face. Yeah. It's pretty conspicuous when there's a place where um, you can't get because you don't have the, uh, the item. Like very early on, there's a minefield that uh is a bad idea to try and cross without the mind detecting uh classes things like that mm-hmm. um yeah. i like that i like the i like any effort to put more secrets into levels like that's cool and good i'm just not motivated to go back and play again at the time maybe i would have been mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. um you're also finding um intel like you're scored on how many of these little items that you find uh they appear in all different types you know middle of folders rolls of film um film reels Stuff like that. Each of these contains like little humorous text snippets about harm's plans. You know, these are like notes from one henchman to another. Uh, stuff like that. Uh, generally mm-hmm. worth, uh, you know, looking at for a you know for a little laugh, even if you're not chasing score, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm allergic to collectibles, but I do read them when I find them. Yes. Um, the other kind of benefit to this, and the thing that this is the main thing I knew about this game before I played it, mm-hmm. um, weirdly enough, it's like almost like the unique selling point mm-hmm. is that if you sneak around and you don't alert guards, they talk to each other mm-hmm. and the conversations are pretty funny, mm-hmm. uh, in general. Um, you know, sometimes they're actual jokes. Sometimes it's just the absurdity of guards explaining deep things to each other. Mm-hmm. There are elements of uh, Venture Brothers Listen to Orb, uh, <laughs> kind of the workman's life of evil yep. to this. That is a, a funny trope that works on me pretty consistently. Mm-hmm. Um, so these were these were fun. Um, I was shitty at the game stealth, so I felt like I didn't get all of these. Mm-hmm. And in a weird way, this ended up feeling like a stronger motiva- motivator to replay it mm-hmm. uh, and do better. Yeah. Um, just to get more of that content rather than, you know, chase the S rank or what have you. Mm-hmm. This is also an early um, an early example of a game uh, trying to make you feel bad and joking about that. Like them talking about like, Dude. oh, wife and kids and stuff like that. Th- this got me like near the end. It just gets more and more extreme. <laughs> and and, you know, it starts off with like, you know, oh, these guys aren't a band. Uh-huh. You know, that's cute. And later, like. Everyone is thinking about quitting. Everyone is reconsidering their life choices. And uh, it's very good. I'm just gonna, I'll yeah. probably just go back to school. I don't know. <laughs> yep. And they just said, nope, you got to go. Yep. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and like generally, the game is funny and well written. The studio is pretty you know, self-critical. They say like, oh, we didn't know how to write a script or whatever. But like they, they managed to, you know, they managed to hit the tone pretty well. Mm-hmm um you know pl- plenty of laugh out loud moments and the game has earned its uh earned its reputation for being funny i think um also yeah just, i think so too i like the groovy aesthetic you know when you like when you go whenever you go to like nightclubs or future face you know uh, uh public facing places generally everything mm-hmm. has like a really cool like tacky 60s uh kind of appearance to it uh like even yeah, down I, to like planes and stuff like that i want to be in all of these places yes like mid-century, like retro aesthetic mm-hmm. is just like really, really cool. Give it to me. Like, um, <laughs> yeah. Um, there's kind of a dialogue system a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Every once in a while, you'll have a conversation and basically just choose sassier or not. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes uh, this is suggested to have an impact. Mm-hmm. Like you'll get, oh, this person responds well to this. Um, it, it's 
cosmetic. Like yeah. it's basically just what part, what story you want to, uh, to lean mm-hmm. into. Yeah. Um, but the, uh, the voice acting on Kate is uniformly excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, the voice acting all around some of it, uh, I don't feel like any of the characters really sound like they were recorded in the same room. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, especially, uh, our kind of fat bastard esque villains. Yeah. Or Scotsman. Um, yeah. the kind our, yeah, Scotsman and the, the Valkyrie, mm-hmm. uh, Opera Valkyrie. Like the conversations between them are just flat line reads. Yeah, with and it's it's really weird. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it ends up feeling very artificial. So that stuff's all kind of all over the map. The content of the words is very good. The voice acting is very good on some of our main characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like our um, I like our two handlers that we have, Mister Smith and oh, Mister Jones. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Those like guys you, are great. You go on a journey with them. I like that. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you've got those enemies, uh, they are, you know, all over the place in terms of being over the top and incompetent. Specifically, we have like our Russian caricature, we have our German caricature, we have our Scottish caricature, um, Mm -hmm. fun characters, mostly punch out. Yeah. Punch, (laughs) punch out level, uh, national stereotypes. Um, what, uh, what does not work, uh, is the boss fights with these guys. We got boss fights in this and they're not fun. Yeah, I I ended up like I don't think they're very good. I did not find have a big problem with any of them. Mm-hmm. So they ended up being things that I recognize were not super well designed, but were low friction. Yeah, uh, for me personally, and that's that ended up that's not a good excuse for it. Mm-hmm. Um, doing bosses in uh in this kind of like a retro FPS has always been yeah pretty dodgy. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's it's harder to find think of good examples of them than bad examples. Yeah. Um, and this, these ones are weird too, because these characters are pretty built up, mm-hmm. you know, they have tons of personality, even if the voice acting and such isn't always there or, or there's some cheap jokes. And I was really expecting something. Um, I think what I wanted was like the, the boss battles from dead rising, Yeah, you know, these yeah. like very over the top kind of set piece things that would express the personality, mm-hmm. but both of you know, the, uh, the opera singer and the Scotsman, uh, are them standing, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, you do various things yeah. around mm-hmm. them, but it's just them in a room mm-hmm. sometimes with ads. Yeah. Um, so we'll talk about those when we get to them. It's just, you know, the, it's a common, common pitfall for games at the time. And this game does not avoid it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Did you read about the, uh, unity versus harm multiplayer mode? I did not. This sounds really cool. Uh, we normally don't talk about the multiplayer modes because they're usually just kind of there, de rigueur, capture the flag, deathmatch kind of thing. This sounds different, and I would have loved playing this at the time. So in this Unity versus Harm mode, one team defends a base while the other team, which is much smaller, attempts to infiltrate it and photograph intel. Um, mm-hmm. And that sounds really cool. And this is a couple of years before Splinter Cell Pandora Tomorrow did something similar with spies versus mercs mode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love a non uh, deathmatch based mm-hmm. multiplayer, especially an asymmetrical one. Yeah. Uh, so kind of talking about development, um, you know, in the nineties in the late nineties, we had Austin powers baby in mm-hmm. 1997. Um, we talked about that 1 million Austin powers, <laughs> um, but there's also this kind of uh, resurgence of sixties and nostalgia through the 90s mm-hmm. um you know there were all those uh, spy films came back the remake of the avengers the remake of the mod squad um there wasn't a remake of the man from uncle i don't think but there may the, as well that, that happened in the in the new tens yeah so oh yeah yeah there yeah. that that was like 2016 and it wasn't very good <laughs> the man the idea of a man from uncle mm-hmm. sounds like uh somebody's like language processors got 
scrambled. <laughs> it's like it's it's a very weird phrase. I understand uncle mm-hmm. isn't an acro- you know an acronym, mm-hmm. uh, but it's just is a very strange phrase. Yeah. Yeah. So that was kind of the, the you know, the, the the context in which this was being developed. Also, it was kind of a boom time for James Bond films um, mm-hmm. and like James Bond games, too. You know, GoldenEye came out. GoldenEye. Was a, yeah, it was a was a huge thing uh, in 1997. Um, and some other games that nobody liked came out. Yeah, yeah. And then but, we all realized like and some movies came out that mm-hmm. we didn't like. Yeah. And then we, we waited for, uh, you know, uh, Daniel Craig to save us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for there never to be like an, uh, another really good James Bond game again. But that's OK, um, yeah. because there's other good stuff. But yeah, uh, Monolith at this time was also in a kind of a bad spot as a studio. Uh, they had mm-hmm. just put out uh, a game called Shogo Mobile Armor Division, which performed OK, but fell short of their own goals. And then also Blood to the Chosen, which uh, was released unfinished. Yeah. Uh, Shogo is an interesting game. Mm-hmm. Shogo would be a great idea for a WAF game at some point because yep. it's pretty fascinating. Um, that um, back in the day, my early PC days were a lot of times uh, buying dual jewel uh, disc, mm-hmm. jewel case disc uh, games from Walmart. Love it. And uh, you know, Fallout One and Two packaged together. <laughs> you know, Planescape Torment and uh, Icewind Dale pa- packaged together. And then uh, Shogo uh, was often with. Um, Fuck, what is it? Um, Septera Core. Oh, yeah. I'm uh, reading yeah. Shogo and Septera Core, which hmm. is a shitty PC version of Final Fantasy. <laughs> you know, it's it's a, it's a shitty PC JRPG, but Shogo yeah. is really interesting. Yeah. Um, so Monolith began work on the game um, and intended this to be this kind of anime-inspired paramilitary game. However, uh, they began development without a publisher lined up. So they shopped it around. The concept changed to suit whoever they were pitching it to. Mm-hmm. Um, and this eventually turned it into a 60s super spy uh, thing. Um, originally, a much more kind of straight, just Bond. Yes. Yeah. You would play as a, as a guy named Adam Church. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, the studio was two weeks away from dying when they finally signed a deal with Fox. Um, and that's when they started developing and showing uh, this version. The version that was shown um, in 1999 is different than what we got. Um, also, they changed they they changed the title. They added the operative and um, you know <laughs> and changed things around in order to avoid being sued by MGM. Apparently, um, also mm-hmm. uh, people were saying, "Hey, it's that James Bond game," and they wanted to, to differentiate that. And those were a couple of factors that led to them changing Adam Church into Kate Archer. Uh, pretty late in development, only about a year before the game ultimately came out, uh, which is a pretty mm-hmm. big deal because most of the script um, involves you know, the main character, weirdly enough. Yeah. <laughs> yep. uh, Kate went through a bunch of different uh, design iterations before they landed on the woman from the Groove is in the Heart video from Be Light. <laughs> um, you literally wear the outfit. Yep. Uh, from that so they decided they saw the groove is in the heart video apparently and just were like yep yeah uh, groove is in the heart it's very it's very um, funny because because like when they talk about this they say oh she's based on mitzi martin like it's somebody who you should who you should know yeah and like and then yeah. you go look at the filmography and it's like dude where's my car and joe dirt and it's like oh that was a like she was in a very specific kind of like late 90s raunchy comedy mm-hmm. <laughs> baby baby uh baby <laughs> one million joe dirts um uh. the uh 
so Kit Harris, probably the voice acting uh, for Kate Archer. Mm-hmm. Um, originally, Kate was voiced in a Scottish accent, mm-hmm. um, and there are lots of references to her being Scottish. Yeah. But a uh, Scottish producer said this was too low class for the character they're going for. Yes. Uh, so she has this kind of uh, Emma Frost, uh, Emma Peel British he, accent. Yeah, it's and like a Emma's. received pronunciation. Yes. Um, and gen- you know, genuinely really great voice acting, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On Kate. Yeah. Uh, so the game's technical underpinnings, which you talked about that AI for both stealth and combat and also just kind of visual stuff, uh, and also the troubled pre-production led to this one taking longer than, um, than monolith intended. Uh, they're pretty self-critical about the way things turned out. And we can talk about that a little bit later when we talk about the reception. Um, but, um, yeah, all, all of that kind of came together with, uh, with this being, you know, pretty, no- pretty notable. Like they, uh, man, remember when, uh, game developers and publishers would talk about how many polygons their characters had? I, I do. <laughs> um, it's, uh, all of that. It, it actually like, you know, cause we're, we're about to enter a new console generation. Mm-hmm. Like any of that stuff always embarrasses me because yes. I don't, you're, you're never, you're always going to age yeah like the the point of releasing a number like that is to is to make it bigger later on (laughs) yeah and and that's true i mean it's true of polygons it's Mm -hmm. true of you know all of all of these things but it's true of what's happening now as well Mm -hmm. people just don't realize it like this is this is part of the graphical arms race yes like something can look really pretty like you can you can make something look good Mm -hmm. but using these things as benchmarks to brag about is always going to make you look like a fucking idiot in 10 years (laughs) uh you know and and if you're a gamer and you don't see through that i feel i pity you <laughs> i pity you gamer um and i'll cease to pity you for one million fat bastards <laughs> um so yeah it's a it, it's a ridiculous thing this had the most polygons yep uh at the time so pretty cool good, good, good um, on you <laughs> the uh the music uses uh direct music technology to create this adaptive score that mm-hmm. matches what's happening in the game the music is uniformly excellent. Mm-hmm. Uh, the it's this like '60s cool like kind of fun jazz stuff with yeah. a lot of vocals. Mm-hmm. Uh, parts of it, the uh, the actual theme song is an earworm. Mm-hmm. Like the the main Bond esque theme song is like an <laughs> earworm of epic proportions. Like I, yeah. I have had it stuck in my head a lot since yeah. playing this game. Well, they also put out um, like a like a B side to the to the soundtrack when they released it called In the Lounge, which is like lounge mm-hmm. music remixes of this stuff. Yeah. And those are really good as well. <laughs> it's badass. Like yeah. the soundtrack to this game is is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Uh, super super good. Yeah. Uh, Craig Hubbard, the lead designer, uh, has talked about how this game kind of came up short for Monolith. He's unsatisfied with how the stealth ended up working. Um, and weirdly, he says, oh, we were trying to make a, um, a less linear, you know, a, a less scripted game. They were hoping that this would be more of a sandbox style thing with mm-hmm. their intricate systems interplaying with each other. And they kind of made the opposite of that. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. There is uh, some feeling of compromise to it. Yeah. Um, however, this was critically lauded on release uh, people love this mm-hmm. uh people you know this was called the best uh fps since half-life mm-hmm. um people talked about how it helped move the fps genre forward um but it didn't sell super super well um eventually sold you know uh 35 uh, or three hundred and fifty thousand copies mm-hmm. that took a very long time yeah yeah like that was that was in t- uh, by 2002 that they did this and like that was when they were working on the sequel to put it out mm-hmm so um 
pretty low. It didn't uh, it didn't rise up. However, they continued supporting it over um, uh, over the course of the next couple of years. They put out new patches, new multiplayer maps, and they packaged everything together in this um, game of the year edition alongside putting out these um, authoring tools. They released the source code, um, assets, and level creation tools in 2001, uh, and this will be really important for the uh, for the story of the game's distribution. <laughs> yeah, the archival purposes, the, yeah. the reason why we were able to play it and you are able to play it. Yes. Um, there's a PS2 port of this, mm-hmm. uh, which has, again, I can't imagine playing it because nope. there's no quick save, but it does have three exclusive levels. Uh, that go back to Archer's time as a cat burglar. Mm-hmm. Um, these happen during times when she gets knocked out. Yeah. Uh, in the game, which is very funny to me. Like in terms of pace of play, that seems like it would, like really spoil it. We get knocked out and wake up in the past dreaming of a cat burglar and then just go back <laughs> to the plot. Yep. Uh, that feels very staccato. Yes. Um, there's a sequel, a direct sequel called uh, A Spy in Harm's Way. Mm -hmm. Uh, in 2002 that's supposed to be very good um however there's an expansion pack uh for it which i always saw called contract jack Mm. uh not operation jack you know maybe 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 i um miscopied that or uh mistranscribed it maybe contract jack is correct yes yeah um which is a spin-off character named jack which is an acronym that stands for something (laughs) um and this is widely derided yes uh so much so that monolith is like fuck this franchise i'm out right um, and if you know about No One Lives List Forever, you either know about it by its reputation for being funny and inventive, having cool gadgets. You might also know it as a game that is notoriously unre-released. Um, yeah. uh, like this is one of the few big games from that era uh, that has not shown up on modern digital storefronts. No GOG, no Steam, no anything. Mm-hmm. The, uh, you know, the people from GOG uh, have written about this a lot. Yeah. Um, trying to get this when GOG started. Um, this was a huge, you know, get. Mm-hmm. There was a list of games they were trying to get a hold of, mm-hmm. you know, that everyone is like, you have to get. Um, Arcanum was on there. System Shock 2 was one of them. And this was one of them. And this is one of the big white whales that they never actually got a hold of. For frustrating reasons. So, yeah, really <laughs> stupid reasons. <laughs> yeah. So you can get this right now. Uh, the only way to do it is through basically abandonware. Uh, there is a website that you will find if you Google it that just offers download mirrors uh, along with, mm-hmm. you know, widescreen patches and things that will make the game, you know, more playable on modern systems. I had a, I had a few um, uh, performance problems uh, with mm-hmm. this, specifically when I was like switching weapons, the uh, um, uh, the the frame rate would drop. But um, but yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's it's still there. And that is available primarily because of these source code uh, source code releases. Yeah. Uh, people made it and it seems like it'd be money in the bank mm-hmm. um you know because there is a demand for it um but a big problem is that monolith has this publishing relationship with fox mm-hmm. and over the years there have been various splits and acquisitions um so that the publisher involves uh, sierra vivendi blizzard activision and warner bros and uh nobody who owns the rights wants to pay lawyers to figure this shit out it's basically <laughs> nobody... like <laughs> Nobody a catamari of Christmas lights. Nobody who could potentially find out if they own it wants to pay lawyers to go through non-digitalized r- records to see yep. if they own it. To see if they own it. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's, you know, nobody really knows who owns it. Mm-hmm. Um, Night Dive Studios, uh, which is a publisher that does this, revives classic PC games, mm-hmm. filed a series of trademarks for it. Um, you know, so everyone was like, oh, no one lives for, forever is coming back. This is back in 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, but this was shot down by Warner Brothers. Yeah. So they, you know, they care enough to 
stop somebody else from doing it. That seems like, but not enough to look in their pocket. <laughs> that seems weirdly unjust that like that, yeah. that their injunction holds weight just because they say we might own this. <laughs> it's it's really unjust. Like stop. every part of this feels dystopian in terms of like rights. It's like stop you everything. Know? I might be I I might be uh on the on the short end of this, but I do not want to find out. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to risk it. Yeah. Um, you know, and I just I it, man, it feels gross. Mm-hmm. You know, because it, it's it's you know, you know me and and not wanting to uh I am the Joker gamers rise up uh, people. I want gamers to stay down, like very down, <laughs> Yeah. but the, uh, this does feel like just really unfair, mm-hmm. you know, as a thing. And it's, you know, yeah, living in, in modern times is this mm-hmm. constant state of dissonance about how dystopian and like, you know, how, how many companies, how few companies own everything. Mm-hmm. You know, like you have to, you have to like sit down and watch this. I've been watching Treehouse of horror mm-hmm. uh, for October and I'm like, Oh yeah, Disney. Oh yep. yeah, Fox. Like you, you just you just think about it. It's like, oh yeah, this is super evil. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh and uh this is one of those really concrete examples. Like it's not more evil than Amazon not allowing people to be, mm-hmm. but it is uh it's boy, what an absurd world we went and built. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, we really fucked it up. Yep. <laughs> you, you know? Yeah. No, uh, not not gonna make it, don't deserve to make it. Yeah. Like you know, it's really <laughs> fucked it up. This is like- just this yeah. th- th- this is a symptom that at some point somewhere somewhere down the line somebody wasn't watching the fire, uh, yeah, <laughs> and it either went yep. out or it spreaded. I'm not yep. I'm not sure which <laughs> spreaded. Hi, <laughs> we we didn't we didn't start it. It's been turning since the world's been burning, mm-hmm. but you know, oh jeez, um, yeah, but yeah, it's just like this is not uh, ultimately a big deal because we can get a hold of it, but it right, does. Right. It feels like a canary in several coal mines. Mm-hmm. Like it feels like a canary that's like working overtime. Yeah. The, um, the 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 alternate part of this, if you don't want to be bummed about it, you know there there are two sides. You know, to bright side it, which I know is is irritating. A fan community has been able to keep this alive, and that is good. Um, and mm-hmm. there has not really been, uh, you know, like Warner Brothers can go after Night Dive, but there has not been um, substantial action taken to uh, to take this down. This fan distribution, even if there was, it would just pop up elsewhere. So that is good. Yeah. Also, like. This is very rare that this is happening. Most of the time, these, you know, the, these older games, you know, do end up coming out in one way or another. This is just an, ex- an especially egregious um, example uh, where, where it kind of, mm-hmm. you know, where it kind of didn't work out in our favor. Yeah. So yep, yep. kind of two sides of the coin there. I, I can I can see a reason to say to see this a little bit as a triumph as well. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it, but it's also kind of an exception in some of those things. Like, yes. Nintendo is constantly shutting down every single mm-hmm. uh, fan thing, and mm-hmm. you know that Chrono Trigger yeah. fan sequel and all that jazz. Like, it, you know, the Super Metroid or Metroid Two remake. All that, you know, there's there are a lot of bad examples too. You can look at it either way. Mm-hmm. I feel like we're on a trajectory of misery. Oh yeah, uh, absolutely. Consolidation. No, and, no, and I, shit. I don't think things are getting better. Yeah. <laughs> So let's get into it. Uh, we open up 
uh, with kind of a little uh, at the base mission here. We're going to come back here in between the main missions. This is called the assignment uh, with a little uh, with a little briefing here. Uh, Unity's agents uh, have been killed off by this unknown assailant, and we need to go to headquarters to uh, get a briefing and go through some training. Mm hmm. Yes. Uh, and before that, we get this little machinima cup scene where, uh, you know, a man in a trench coat is staying by the road in the middle of a snowstorm, shot in the back. Um, you know, and, and we find out this hitman, this guy with an eye patch and a mustache, drops a rose by the body. Um, he also kills a safe cracker who is breaking into a consul's office. Mm-hmm. Um, and an agent Helinski, uh, or Helsinki. Uh, so people, people are dying, and there is this calling card yes. eye patch, dropping a rose of the body. It is a it is a lily. I I I, I yes. wrote that wrong in the notes. Oh, yep. Um, it, I could not remember the flower. Yeah. Because weirdly, this stops paying off. Like this it feels does. like it's going to be very important. You stop finding roses. Uh, it's not. <laughs> we didn't we didn't talk about this in the generalities. Uh, this game is certainly forty percent too long. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, like I, I yeah. Like that <laughs> like, is super endemic of games of the time too. I associate yeah, any this, game that came out between ninety seven and like say two thousand four as being like twenty hours long for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just content bombs. And like yeah. when we, you know, we're doing this and we're looking at how long it is to beat, it didn't take into account uh, constantly restarting. Right. Uh, because of the stealth mission. So th- this was um, a little bit chewy to get through. Yes. Uh, you know, even though I didn't on the balance end up enjoying my time with it, like, mm-hmm. you know, and th- the reason why I bring that up in relation to this rose is that because the plot does meander a bit. Um, you know, this is not a focused story mm-hmm. about this guy. We're going to get back to this guy a long way down the road. Mm hmm. Um, you know, after this first like kind of opening arc with, with him. Yes. Um, so we're introduced to Kate Archer uh, taking a shower. Um, it's finally something for daddy. <laughs> and uh, she, it's not very for daddy. Um, she answers a phone call and it's this colleague named Bruno. Right. And um, they got to dinner. Bruno is great. Uh, the mm-hmm. voice acting uh, is phenomenal. Uh, and this is meant to be like an old James Bond. Yeah. Like yeah. Uh, a retired uh, kind of, you know, typical British super spy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's suave and he's uh, he's supportive, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kate is very unhappy at Unity. Uh, she is the first female agent that they have hired, but she's not advancing quickly or getting interesting assignments. Um, yeah. You know, just basically kind of being backbenched when she knows she, she can accomplish more. Yeah, lots of wiretaps and shit. Yeah. Um, you know, as they, they go out to dinner and kind of talk about this. Um you know, so we, he, Bruno just says, be patient. Mm-hmm. Um, they end up at unit unity and we meet our, uh, our people here. Yes. Uh, Mr. Smith and, uh, Mr. Jones <laughs> and Mr. Smith just screams villain the entire time. Yeah. Well, he's um, an asshole. You know, <laughs> like... Yeah. He's a huge asshole. Like he's just, you know, uh, Kate is insolent. Uh, worse than that. She's a lady. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Bruno vouches for her, but he's past his prime. Yeah, you know, yeah. and then uh, Mr. Jones uh, here uh, is much more soft yes. and uh, stresses patience. Um, I love this; these two archetypes. Mm-hmm. This is also really good voice acting, mm-hmm. and uh, they're kind of uh, back and forth, and the development of the relationship and where it ends up is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, really great characters. Yes, something that comes up here that I, I I should have gone back and kind of revised the notes because it's laying things down here further is that you know Mr. Smith and Mr. Jones they are both agents who don't do field work anymore. They got you know as they aged up they got promoted out. Um, yes, and Bruno has kind of refused to do this, and there is a lot of friction at least right here between Bruno and Mr. Smith just kind of about about that fate for all of these operatives that bruno is kind of bucking yes. right 
yeah um that'll uh that'll, that'll come up much much later but it's good to lay the uh to, to, to lay the track for it right now so unity has lost seven agents in 10 days uh, leaving us with a very shallow bench, which means that Kate's being brought up. The only explanation for how and why this could be happening is that there is a traitor in their midst. There's a mole. Yeah. And they're really laying the groundwork for it to be Mr. Smith. Yes. Right away. Um, and they'll continue to do so. Mm-hmm. Um, so Bruno nearly got Volkov. Volkov is our assassin, mm-hmm. uh, we believe. And one of the nice little bits here is that um, whenever somebody comes up, Kate has read the file. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's got like Lisa Simpson energy, <laughs> uh, which I really like. Uh, when Bruno almost got him, he only got him in the eye. So that is why he has the patch. Yes. Um, and it is believed that Volkov is working with harm, but they don't know very much about harm. It's new on the scene. Yep. Uh, so you go to training um, mm-hmm. and like every FPS of the time, like introducing you to WASD, uh, <laughs> you know, basic movement, uh, weapons, uh, and they're introducing our first few gadgets, uh, the Barrette. Um, which is our lockpick slash uh, poison injector. Mm-hmm. Um, the poison injector ends up actually being a little superfluous because you can knock out enemies mm-hmm. with a kung fu chop to the back of the head. Yep. Um, you know, so I did not get a lot of use out of the poison. Uh, the coin, which works like it doesn't hit man, and then the corpse disposal goo. <laughs> uh, that we talked about. I just love that it's a powder. <laughs> like it's just a yeah. little vial of powder. <laughs> yeah, what what happened if a live person drank it? Like what if you made a Kool-Aid? Yeah, like just ooh, here, yeah. here here's my here's my carnation instant breakfast. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> Oops, no, no <laughs> stomach. Yep, no stomach. Uh, powder stomach. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> phenomenon stomach yeah um so we go to our (laughs) sorry that took me a second (laughs) fuck you (laughs) Uh, so this takes us to our first mission uh misfortune in morocco uh, so we have to protect this uh, this American ambassador uh, to West Germany, this uh, this caricature named mm-hmm. M- Morris Monroe. He has been marked by marked for assassination by harm. Uh, yes. And he's kind of a Mr. Magoo type. Like he, uh, you know, is is is, is very nearsighted, basically will not um, uh, protect himself. Uh, he is almost dead. And we need to kill these assassins before we kill Monroe. It's an interesting thing before to they do. Kill Monroe. Yes, before the before they kill before they kill Monroe. Um, it's an interesting interesting thing to do for your first mission because it feels a little bit like a way to onboard people who've never played a mouse based first person shooter before. Because yeah. you're mostly stationary for the first part of this, you're given an option for Bruno to call out where the enemies are coming from, so you can shoot shoot them out. But like for the first half of this mission, you're not worrying about moving around and taking cover and stuff. It's just literally shooting enemy. It's a shooting gallery and you know mm-hmm. you occasionally move to a new perch it's a it's a really weird and uh in, as far as i can think of singular in this game uh gameplay mode change mm-hmm. like it's almost feels like a mini game it's all done in engine but it's the only real breakup yes to the the kind of uh sim systems based mm-hmm. you know kind of thing where like uh you know it's randomized mm-hmm. so bruno will be like you know uh balcony on the left and then sometimes he'll just go balcony on the left mm-hmm. balcony on the left <laughs> balcony on the left as like the enemy as it keeps re-rolling the same location as as guys walk out stand slowly prepare to shoot this guy mm-hmm. uh it's really silly it feels like an arcade game yeah um <laughs> it's it's fun uh but it, it's it's real weird yeah. um and they seed a very uh, i want to say a subtle theme but it's like 
you know, the less charitable part of me is like, this doesn't pay off that well. Right. Um, about how shitty spies are. Yep. <laughs> like that didn't, were you surprised that ended up being a big part of the ending? I mean, of this, like boy spies are fucking suck. They're dipshits. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, uh, like the, the, t- talking about like the, the, how important the difference between a spy and an operative is. Yeah. It, it felt a little Kojima esque, like yes. where we, where yeah, we have, yeah. you know, whole games, that are pervaded by the subtext of what it means to be a soldier actually yes or be a partner yeah you know like right in the, the heels of re5 like uh-huh. it is ridiculous because uh, you know uh bruno dropped some information about a previous mole that sold them out for only 50 dollars mm-hmm. and the idea that spies are cheap desperate morons yeah. who will sell out everything for just like comically small amounts of money mm-hmm. is a pervading theme in this game <laughs> and i was just like it was somebody on the staff's like like ex or old roommate or something was a spy. Mm-hmm. Like this feels personal to me. Yeah, it's gonna, it's really gonna twist my thumb in that eye socket. Yeah, yeah it's just like you walk into the room, don't you walk in and be like, "Hey guys, like, don't you guys hate spies?" You know, <laughs> just like crickets. <laughs> you know, you gotta work on your tight five model. Yeah, no, nobody can relate to your material, it's, man. It's not relatable. <laughs> yeah. Oh um, gosh, um, something else that this uh, that, that that Morris uh, kind of uh, establishes is that most of the people who are being taken out uh, are very like high class people. Not that Morris is especially classy. He's but he's coded as like a you know an oil billionaire or a simple country yeah. lawyer. You know, he talks like he's Foghorn a Leghorn. Yeah, he's just a stereotypical yeah. Texan. Um, it's incredible. <laughs> uh, is is this is very fun. Mm-hmm. Like this, this character is very fun. Yes. Uh, uh, here. And it's hilarious because like when he moves to a new place and like when he stops, it's because uh, he puts a, he puts a coin in his pocket and it falls out a hole in the bottom and he goes looking mm-hmm. for it. Yeah. And, and there's this weird thing where the, for somebody you ask him for the time and he thinks they're asking for his dime. Mm-hmm. He's like Scrooge McDuck. Yeah. Like, yeah, he's got this, this incredibly special uh, dime. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say, I'd say. Uh, I say it's um, so he he gets away. Um, a bunch of assassins rush your position mm-hmm. uh, here. So we're now in a shooter uh, mode. There yeah. is a, another kind of underbaked mechanic in this is that certain uh, surfaces or certain materials are easier to shoot through. Yeah, yeah. Um, which they tutorialize and then use for the first level, and it kind of goes away. Yes. Yeah. For a game this long, it definitely feels like there are some major things that drop off the map mm-hmm. in terms of mechanics. They just forgot about it as they were making the levels. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so Volkov is here. So you have to shoot your way through these hallways uh, to get to Bruno, um, who, of course, is uh, radio- radioing you, criticizing you for being late. Uh, he's kind of pinned down. Um, and mm-hmm. this is kind of the first instance where you find conversations between the hitmen uh, talking with each other or like berating staff like they're very poorly blending in here. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> they're all wearing a fez like uh, Will Ferrell. Yes. In one million Austin powers, baby. Um, the, uh, but the, these are fun, mm-hmm. fun to fight. This is the fun, fun shooter yeah. times. Um, you know, so as you get to Bruno, your plot, your escape, uh, Volkov shoots Bruno from the mezzanine. Um, and to stop you from following him, his men have taken hostages and set up bombs. Yeah. So you have to go rescue the hostages and defuse. Yeah. Um, and, and rip Bruno. Mm-hmm. Our boy. Yeah. Rip to a real one um he's he's gone we can't even stick around uh to uh you know make sure we recover his body we have to get out of here uh the bombs are not timed um and the hostages Mm -hmm. you know know, the the hostage killings are not timed either you just have to you know find the people who are taking them and then shoot them before they shoot the hostage um Mm -hmm. 
yeah, this ended up being one of those things where I really wish that there was a waypoint or something. Call me lazy or what have you, but I hate passing by a thing that I need, getting to what is the end of the level and not being able to proceed because I missed a thing way back toward the beginning. Um, yeah. And then going back through the entire level again, looking for the one thing that I missed. Uh, that yeah. is not fun. It's, it's, yeah, sh- <laughs> shitty, uh, shitty design. Yeah. You know, and the, the, the feedback you get is very vague. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, when you get to the end of the level and there's still something to do, Kate just goes, I still have work to do. Yeah. And it's like, well, yeah, okay. all right. <laughs> like, I can't, I can't see the list of my objectives. I don't know where that's at. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. yeah. So um, that's a, that's a, that's, a, that's a problem. Uh, we need to make mm-hmm. our escape. We're going to follow the, uh, fo- follow the plan that we had. Uh, we're going to, we need to get across the city and head for the coast. Uh, when you get there, uh, you find this passed out hitman. You can either interrogate him or head off to the coast. Like this implied that there would be more variants in the missions. Um, I decided mm-hmm, yeah. to interrogate him because I thought that would be the funnier option than just, mm-hmm. uh, than just proceeding. Did you interrogate him? I did interrogate. Yes. Yeah. But I, I tortured the shit out of him. You did. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, I want to, you know, this, I want to get in the spirit uh-huh. of the year 2000 when torture was funny and it wasn't something that we really recognized that our government did all the time. Right. Right. You know, yeah. like a pre GTA five environment. So it was like going crazy <laughs> with that. Yeah. Uh, um, so <laughs> I want to hear how the, how the torture works. If you, um, if you ask him questions, you can just ask him nicely three times. And he says, I'm not going to tell you after you ask three times, he's like, Oh, that cliche. <laughs> you think I'm just going to magically yes. <laughs> tell you after three times. Um, and then you get into this point where like to get information out of him, you have to, um, play against his ego by saying, Oh, you probably don't know anything anyway. You're so low ranked. You probably didn't even get to be around Volkov. Um, and if you do that enough, then he'll, uh, then he will, uh, spill the beans for you. Mm hmm. Oh. Uh, we get to Monroe uh, yelling at the driver about the music he's playing mm-hmm. uh, and how it's immoral. And it's, you know, obviously it's not. He has hearing problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, he demands to get out of the car and then Rolkov rolls up and shoots him. Yes. So mission failure. Mm-hmm. Um, we cut to nighttime and we're on a city near the coast uh, where we've made, uh, we're still pursuing Volkov. Um, and we need to go down these canyon pathways to get the smugglers hideout. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a snipey zone. Yeah. Um, one of the three main weapons you get here, you get like a silenced pistol, an unsilenced pistol, and then a carbine that has a zoom. Um, not silenced at this time, uh, but it still works really well for sniping. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you've got long views. Uh, there are enemies in snipers perches, uh, which, is, uh, which is pretty good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I always like games from this era and how they try to approximate being outdoors. <laughs> yeah, that it's yeah. Just, just a different kind of corridor it's very fun uh that that, that is quite fun in um clive barker's undying as well the mm-hmm. way that they approximate that um mm-hmm. yeah but uh it's a it's a good section uh good section here you've got to um get to the coast uh you reach the hideout and you have to you know get through this compound to get get into this compound by going through the sewer like there's a little like uh d- you know hut that has been destroyed nearby that has an open pipe in it um, and this is kind of the final, mm-hmm. uh, the final dungeon here. Um, and recognize we're still on the first level here. Like these are divided up into individual yeah. scenes and how varied this has been so far. Uh, so you get into the compound, which is tough. Lots of enemies, uh, lots of enemies clustered, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so it's hard to do this stealthily. Um, you know, if you hit one of them, it'll alert the other ones. Um, lots of ambushes. Yeah. And uh, they use automatic weapons, so your armor will go down quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, once you get past them and get to the coast, uh, the escape point, uh, we see Volkov's revenge on us. Right. Uh, setting up an antagonism that will be 
weird mild and we're going to take back seat <laughs> to a couple other colorful characters basically right away. Yes. Yeah. So we go back to the HQ for, as I've been called, Requiem for a Spy. Mr. Smith and Mr. B- Mr. Jones uh, debrief you. Uh, Smith makes the mistake of mad bad-mouthing Bruno um, and even mm-hmm. implies that Bruno might have been the mole, which is a pretty dick thing to say about a respected... Well, he, <laughs> Good. He, well, he implies it, but then Mr. Jones says also there's some like evidence oh, yeah. to it. And mm-hmm. this, you know, he's playing, uh, you know, this will, this will pay off in the end, mm-hmm. but he's backing him up at this point. So it seems yeah. like maybe he is, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, uh, you don't believe it, but you, uh, you know, later when you confide with Mr. Smith or Mr. Jones, rather, uh, he says that like, there is some evidence to this. Yeah. yeah. Um, largely, uh, you know, Mr. Mr. Jones or Mr. Smith rather berates you for failing. Yeah. You yeah. know, you didn't, you didn't protect the guard, the target and you lost an agent. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's going to be a theme for a while. Yeah. Um, I mean, and spoiler, you are failing every mission, but it's because you have been set up, they've all been trapped. Yes. <laughs> every single yeah. one of them. Yeah. Uh, so our next mission and the, you know, kind of the next little uh, leg of the game, next fourth of it is going to be to go into East, uh, is to go in and aid an East German scientist named Schenker, uh, in his defection to the West. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, he has been working on weapons. He might be associated with, uh, with harm and he can provide us with good, uh, good stuff to get his location. We're going to need to meet with a series of contacts. who so will each give kind of an incomplete piece of information, um, and you also need to arm these charges to blow up the uh, blow up the facility and photograph some research documents. So again, lots of things to do. Yep, uh, we learn about uh, our new gadgets: um, the glasses that operate as uh, Google Glass uh, that take camera <laughs> pictures, yep. um, the lighter which has a blowtorch, which is for more advanced lock locks, but also obviates the lockpick <laughs> basically right away. Right. Um, and then the lipstick uh, grenade where you push down on the lipstick part and you throw it as a grenade. Mm-hmm. Um, and we learned about, uh, my bane, which is security cameras, the mm-hmm. first level with, uh, security cameras. Yeah. Um, and they're only going to get more numerous. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're propagating. They're basically, uh, replicating like nano machines at this point. <laughs> yep. Um, Conway's they've game learned of to cameras. make love. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So this begins the mission Berlin by night, uh, which starts as a non-combat section. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're in the streets, finding these informants, um, who, uh, you know, you say your, your opening phrase, which is like, do you have the time or do you have a light? And then they do a really, really gross, uh, pickup line. This is, this is a good joke. <laughs> this is good. Like um, this. And then you, you tell them like, uh, and then they apologize for it. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, please, please know that I didn't actually mean that. Like they just yeah. told me what to say. I think it's really gross. They is respect it, women. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> these guys in crypto really need to get a date is, is what one of them says. Yeah. yeah. It's really good. Yeah. yeah. And it keeps on going throughout the uh, throughout the game. I just love the idea that all of the people who do the who do the cryptography for for Unity are just these very very frustrated nerds. Is uh, is mm-hmm. is good. Um, but as you go and talk to these people, um, you have to you learn. Okay, the entrance is hidden in the basement of the library behind the shelf. Cool. There's no library out here. We need to actually get into this gated facility uh, that uh, stores and makes these biological weapons. Yep. Uh, so you bribe your way. Uh, to get in uh, the beginning, and then this, this is our first uh, combat until it's not mm-hmm. mission, and uh, it's an, or it's stealth until it's not, and mm-hmm. it's not. No, um, there is a spot in this. There's like a specific choke point um, where there's a gate, and then like a little uh, auto shop mm-hmm. kind of zone next to it. I have no. You have to go inside the little guardhouse and push the button. Yeah, um, I could not get the guard to leave. Right. If I shot him in the head, it set the alarm off mm-hmm. automatically. I don't know what psychic 
saw that. Um, I tried to sneak up on him and knock him out. Uh, did not work. Mm-hmm. There was like nothing I could do right. to get past this. It just turned into a combat thing, and it was very frustrating. Yeah, I had the exact um, same and, problem. And this is the first one where it says, you know, turn off the alarm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kept going up to alarm panels and trying to turn them off, and that's not it. Like, there's a weird readability problem with uh, switches in this game. Yes. Where alarm panels are only used for guards, and all switches look exactly the same. Yep. So I don't know if it's a gate switch, an alarm switch, or what. Um, yeah, so this, this was frustrating. I ended up mostly playing this as just like, uh, you know, a, a half-life level. Like, I just mm-hmm. shot everything. Yeah. Because what else was I supposed to uh, fucking that's do? That's mostly what I defaulted to. And it's very good yeah. that, the, uh, that the shooting in this is actually uh, tight and snappy. Like, yeah. you can get pretty far by, like, just murking people at a, at a distance with your silenced handgun. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yes, you need to turn off the, turn off the alarm. You have to open the, uh, open the gate, uh, to get inside, regardless of how you get in, you have to sneak around, um, activate the bombs and then find the documents. Again, I'm not going to harp on this every time, but you know, sometimes you miss one and you have to go back through the entire level, which increases, uh, the chance that you're going to get caught, especially because most of the, uh, targets are in these small rooms with cameras, right? Yeah. And I, I definitely was caught, and I just eventually just killed everyone so I could have my run of the place. Yes. It just made me think that you should draw, just drop Kate Archer anywhere and just mm-hmm. clear turn to a ghost town like the neutron <laughs> Kate Archer. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you've, we find our, our contact who only appears after we've found all the, the documents. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he gives you an ID card. They'll get you to the front of the lab. Right. Um, so we can go into the lab. Um, this is mostly hallways. There are guards and cameras that will alert. Uh, on you through here but it's not automatic failure um, until eventually you find uh shanker in the facility mm-hmm. um he can't believe that unity sent a woman he's rude at first mm-hmm. uh grabs a photo of his wife and comes with you um there's this weird thing because they just gave me a grenade for this mission and i was like what do i use a grenade for mm-hmm. and it's for this because yep. four guards come in at once yep <laughs> uh, and i used the grenade and it took care of it and it was it was a very like key-shaped grenade and lock-shaped guards kind <laughs> yeah. of scenario. Yeah, because uh, all of them have automatic weapons and will uh, plink you down very, very quickly. Um, mm-hmm. So this is an escort portion of the mission. Thankfully, um, Shanker actually has a self-preservation instinct, which is nice. The second um, there's any hint that there is violence or shooting, he like takes a crouched position and he will not approach it. So you can go mm-hmm. deal with it and he will not start following you again until you go back and a- back and activate him. That is very smart. And I wish that more people would have paid attention to that design decision. Yeah. Agreed. Um, so this moves us into a little mini mission, unexpected turbulence, um, where we have to interrogate Shanker. Mm-hmm. We get, uh, you know, our briefing says like, Hey, he doesn't respond well, uh, to direct questions or people who are skeptical. Um, I don't know that there's a failure, instant for this like you just have two options one of which is the obvious right one yeah yeah i Um, i I probably on one of these should have just done a quick save and you know tried to fail it to see what would happen regardless though you can pump him for information yeah um and we basically learn uh his whole deal Uh, his wife died in a lab accident um he works on biological explosives which are chemicals that turn people into human bombs Mm -hmm. my boy bomb yeah um and (laughs) The, uh, you know, depending on the population density, this will create bigger explosions. Yes. Also, bigger people make bigger explosions. 
Yeah. Yes. So this could be a problem because this is a poison that turns, you know, regular humans into Fat WMDs. Man. Fat men. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Turn, uh, a legion of podcasters deployed to West Germany. <laughs> and just this, <laughs> the me, Cole, and Will roll up and just fucking end the Cold War. <laughs> so like, uh, doing our duty for America. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um there's a second play nearby uh we caught a little glimpse of this guy uh but uh our kind of our first main villain who is not Volkov here uh the scotsman uh magnus armstrong uh you say scotsman he's dressed up as a spirit halloween costume of a scotsman <laughs> like he he actually is dressed up like uh scrooge's arch enemy mm-hmm. you know glomgold yeah he's wearing he's wearing okay. a kilt he's wearing the uh the flat cap he's got a he's got a big cigar in his in his mouth that has a grimace and he, he talks like shrek so he's yes. his, he's hitting all of the uh, he's hitting all the marks here, um, but mm-hmm. the Scotsman commands, hey, you know we're we, you know, we're going to board board the plane, we're going to dock with it, uh, hijack it because we got to get our scientists back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. um, we fight up to the cockpit. It's this huge luxury jet, of course. So there are multiple floors and stuff, mm-hmm. like the kind of planes you can only fight on in uh, you know video <laughs> in, games. In this kind of game, yeah, yeah. Um, when you get up to the, the cockpit, you see the pilot is dead and the Scotsman knocks you out. Mm-hmm. Um, he's encouraged to kill you, but he won't kill a fellow Scot without a specific grudge. Uh, right. You're clearly not Scottish in this, only narratively. <laughs> right. It's a, it's part of your background. Um, but this mm-hmm. establishes that Magnus has a, has a certain uh, uh, honorable stripe in him that we're going to take advantage yes. of later on. Um, so uh, they search the plane. Uh, and then cut it loose. When you wake up, you have this very cool little like set piece kind of thing here where you have to uh, get off of the plane. You have one minute to uh, get out of the plane uh, and jump out before it uh, before mm-hmm. it all blows up. Yeah. And then there's another kind of like little mini game here where you have to uh, borrow a parachute <laughs> from a guy. Um, I found this very frustrating. Yeah. Uh, just because so if you shoot the guy who has the parachute uh the parachute immediately deploys mm-hmm. and you lose and that, that doesn't makes no stand sense. a reason yeah yeah i should be able to, to shoot and also i was like holding w to try to move closer to him but you can't really fall faster even though you can in real life mm-hmm. in the game you kind of can't it's this weird thing where you are falling slightly faster than him yeah just through you know, I don't know, magic. And you just have to wait it out. It What this is, is a shooting gallery where you're shooting eerily accurate skydiving agents who are trying to kill you. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't present as such. It present, It says, like, get to the guy with the... the yeah, it the, presents uh, as something parachute. that is more active than it actually is. Um, and what it yes. actually is is just survive for this amount of time. And then when you're close enough, like, navigate to be, you know, navigate to be near him. And then the mission will end. Yeah. And one of the reasons why you can't shoot the guy with the parachute is because you need him to die in a humiliating and painful manner. <laughs> um, if he died before you took the, you know, painlessly from a, a bullet to the head, uh-huh. that would be too merciful for Kate Archer. No, no. Um, it needs to be played for comedy that, you know, Kate will, uh, you know, land gracefully uh, as she parachutes down and he will crash into a barn while screaming, please be full of hay, please be full of hay. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's not full of hay. No, no. And uh, and later when you uh, you do your mission debrief, they ask how you survived, yeah. and you say, uh, "Oh, I borrowed a parachute." <laughs> uh, he had a family, and we'll learn about those families later. Yep. <laughs> um, you know, so you get chewed out for botching this mission as well. Mm-hmm. Um, we learn about that Scott Magnus Armstrong, who is this uh, very tough soldier and criminal known for being a brawler and demolitions expert. Yeah. Um, 
And uh, we find out that West German's customs have found a shipment of these chemicals aboard a Finnish tanker in Hamburg. This is probably where the kidnappers are, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and we need to go uh, rescue our uh, shanker. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we can't go alone uh, because we have botched every mission so far. Uh, and uh, who are the, who they are sending with us is just a parody of an American named Thomas Goodman, whose model, I swear, was designed to look like Superman. I, I think he looks like a Halloween costume. He does. Like his his rictus grin, mm-hmm. like looks like when you would wear a Superman mask and a smock <laughs> with Superman's face on it. Yeah. You know, <laughs> be like, I'm Superman. I'm I'm Superman at dinner. <laughs> yep. You know, like it's uh, he's very like everyone has like a kind of rictus face mm-hmm. like Magnus does as well. This is where it got uncanny and strange to me. Yes. Uh, I find and, Thomas Goodman very unnerving. Yes, he's very unnerving. And that that maybe is to a purpose because, you know, he ends up double crossing you and he's not actually Thomas Goodman. Um, you know, you're and you're you're supposed to not like him because he is extremely chauvinistic about this, too, uh, while mm-hmm. also being like, ah, I'm guy good American. Let's go in and, you know, all of this. But he's not very subtle as a spy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and eventually you kind of get a, a better relationship. Yes. With this guy. Uh, and then there's, there's stuff about it. Mm-hmm. Um, when, uh, you know, after you leave, uh, Smith says uh, to Jones that your reports are too colorful to be true. Um, you know, they read like adventure novels, uh, drawing a little underline. Mm-hmm. And we get our uh, sedative perfume yeah. as, a, as a gadget, um, which can affect us. Yes. And it has a surprising range for a perfume. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It took me a, a few failed attempts to not knock myself out with this stuff. Yeah. Which is true to life. Yeah, <laughs> like I would immediately knock myself the fuck out if yes. I had uh, yeah. adventure perfume. Mm-hmm. So I would use it in a, in a poorly ventilated space. Down I go on purpose. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Like sleep, man. Mm. Have you ever tried it? Fucking owns. Uh, yeah. Um, Want to get there faster? <laughs> it's great. You're not awake. This takes us to uh, our next mission here, Rendezvous in Hamburg. Mm-hmm. We need to go and we need to meet up with Goodman, uh, our uh, guy, whitey American, uh, American dude. Uh, he's not very subtle. He, you know, he, is, he, he will stick out because he is wearing very loud shirts. Uh, it starts with us uh, having, you know, listening in at this extremely long conversation between a young man and a bouncer at a club. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of like saying, it, you know, just him, the, the young man trying multiple tacks to get in and the bouncer not letting him. Not letting him through. Yeah, his girlfriend's in there. Yes. You know, uh, it's it's really weird. <laughs> it's yeah. just like, you know, that is not my problem. Like, uh-huh. that is your between you and your girlfriend. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it just, it's very detailed. Yes. Um, a woman in line uh, through Sister Solidarity will distract the bouncer yeah. so you can sneak in through the window. Um, we get in, we get our cutscene with our uh, second kind of mini boss lieutenant character. Yes. This uh, Swiss Miss Mm-hmm. Uh, style large German woman who's singing really horribly off key on stage. Yes. Uh, this is Fraulein, uh, Fraulein Wagner. Mm-hmm. Um, an agent calls her off stage and they talk about how you got in. Right. And uh, talk about their plan to ambush you in the restroom. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is good that you have this, uh, you have, you have this information because that's how we're going to move on to the next part of the mission. Um, you can go in, you need to check out the manager's office before uh, Goodman will spawn. 
Um, and mm-hmm. when you get there, he's patronizing. Of course, I didn't realize I was going to have to babysit on, have to babysit on this assignment. Uh, he even like calls Kate a women's liver, which is like, yeah. that is <laughs> just calling somebody a women's liver is very, very antiquated. Liber. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Libbers. Liber. Oh uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, but he is with us now. Our first order of business mm-hmm. is to shake this tail. Uh, who has uh, been coming. I'm not talking about dancing. There's like a dude who's following us. Uh, and mm-hmm. we need to lure him into the restroom, uh, to interrogate him. As you walk away, uh, uh, Kate feels a little like sting on her neck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you gotten hit with a dart. Yeah. Um, this will pay off a long time down the road. It's very obvious. I think that the, they're kind of counting on the player forgetting this. Yes. You know, so it can be played as like a thing, but I was, I don't know, man. I, I don't, can't imagine forgetting getting drugged. Yeah. You know, a dart in my neck is not the kind of thing. If that's ever happened to me in my whole life, I'd remember. Yeah. Like a neck dart. Like I would write, like I would put that in the Christmas letter. Yeah. It's a, it's a yeah. bottom five days for me, dog. Uh, like, but times haven't always day. been good. Back in October, yeah, I got sometimes. neck darted. <laughs> However, mittens had kittens, and, you know, um, so you go to the bathroom, uh, you know, as, as this kind of cutscene as you take out this guy. At the same time, terrorists break in the club, right? And you have to shoot your way back to uh, Goodman. Mm-hmm. Um, this club looks awesome, yeah. great, like super groovy design. Um, and when you get back to Goodman, he says a contact of his uh, will meet up with you behind the club. Mm-hmm. You need to tell him uh, <laughs> that you're with him and his code name, which is Bold Eagle. Uh, that's very good. <laughs> go to hell, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, big Venture Brothers energy yep. uh, to that. Yep. Um, but when we get out in the alley, an agent shoots the contacts. You have to improvise. Yeah. Uh, sneaking by these searchlights that have snipers at them in order to uh, get into this barge in the canals. Yeah. Uh, the path that he sent you through, like through the back of the club, had just tons of soldiers in it. Uh, this is important. Mm-hmm. Like he he sent you directly into uh, directly into bad stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. So we need to stop by this uh, safe house um in bremen uh as we're going up the canal here uh to rendezvous with goodman um and report there uh kate will call mr jones and say like yeah wagner uh inga uh, is her first name uh is apparently this super distant relation to richard wagner uh you know mm-hmm. famous composer who inspired the nazis uh, and also and did inspired, other things uh, gabriel knight too <laughs> yep um and uh she fell to a life of crime after she failed at becoming an opera singer because she didn't have any talent Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and this this is a very funny joke. This idea that the reason why she's got this club mm-hmm. uh, is that all these beatniks feel like it's avant garde. <laughs> yep. Like she's up there doing metal machine music, and she thinks she's doing real music. Yep, it's like, very good. Cute. And like everybody's talking about, like I can't, I can't, I don't understand why there's so many people here. This fucking sucks. They yeah. don't say this fucking <laughs> no. sucks. That's my own spin on it. That's yeah. what I, that's why I would have read. They it. say it grooving sucks. Um, <laughs> So this is where our lighter gets the welding implement. I got it mis- before it was just a lighter. Yeah. Um, I, I'm I'm frustrated with myself that I forgot about the lighter function because I forgot about it in game as well. Uh-huh. Um, it's actually this huge mechanic of causing distractions by lighting mm-hmm. uh, waste bin fires. Yep. Um, I also consistently forgot about this, which is mostly my fault, but mm-hmm. also is only intermittently useful. Right. Um and and very useful in the mission that like shaved years off my life in this game. <laughs> like the, you know, the mission I hated the most. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Uh we can now use it as a lockpick. Yeah. Obviating uh, the lockpick. Yes. And we also get uh timed explosive lipstick grenades. Um didn't find mm-hmm. an awful lot of use for that. I can see ways where it could be. Um Yeah. It, it was it was good yeah. with it. It it was good to me that the lipsticks uh, bombs exploded on contact. 
Yes, agreed. Mm-hmm. Um, on our way out, we get the first of three foreshadowings of this Charlie's Angels mm-hmm. type group of three groovy women talking about how they're bored. Uh, this pays off in a very weird way. Yeah, uh, they, like they don't get names, like they don't get a story. We don't know why they're there. Uh, yeah, so uh, we just kind of get uh, a little scene you know, of them, and then we're on to the next uh, mission, a tenuous lead. So we need to meet up with Goodman at the docks uh, here in Bremen and board this freighter. Uh, uh, when we get on there, we need to find the captain's manifest um, and photograph any subs- any suspicious chemical containers. We're not going to be able to do this. <laughs> yes. Uh, there's a weird weird thing that happens in this game since you're failing at your missions where they'll give you uh, an objective mm-hmm. and you can't accomplish it. Right. Um, I actually really like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, this kind of mix between, uh, you know, as a player, I'm like, oh, that's what I have to do to move forward in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the game moves forward anyway. Yeah. Um, which kind of, uh, you know, suspends my disbelief in a way that's like kind of pleasing. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we open up on this dockyard section. Uh, we're fighting some agents who are dressed as workers. Um, and trying to get around these tight spaces that uh, I've got a ton of steam coming out of the pipes. Classic. Mm-hmm. Classic. Yeah. Uh, when you get there, you run to Goodman. Uh, he breeds you for being late. Um, he's going to do a distraction. He plants some time bombs, but when you're late, he deactivated them. Yeah. So he has to actually go and, uh, and activate them. Mm-hmm. Um, when you get in the warehouse, it's not super densely staffed uh, as you're going through activating these time bombs. Um, the last bomb is on the other side of this dock, and it doesn't like, look like you can get there. Yeah, you got to do a little bit of uh, little bit of spirited hopping um, yes. to, to get over there without falling into the water. I couldn't find a way to get mm-hmm. up when I fell in the water. Uh, no, yeah, you're, you're just kind of yeah, done. Yeah, you're, you're done. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so you meet up with Goodman, and you watch the warehouse explode. Uh, he says, Hey, I'm going to go on and do the mission on my own because I don't think you can, you know, get onto the ship. She points out mm-hmm. that his shirt is very unsubtle. His approach is not going to work. He's wearing this, mm-hmm. uh, very loud neon green shirt, which he, he takes to heart and, uh, believes that the green is the problem, not the actual pattern and bright color. Yeah. And, and also like Kate Archer is not particularly stealthily. No. You know, she's the groove is in the heart, <laughs> uh, lady in this. Yeah. So everyone's like, Oh, D lights here. <laughs> um, uh, so you, you get through the warehouse we ride this crane um, that unloads uh, this cargo container uh, from this train carries over to the ship and we get this short section kind of navigating these uh, maze section of cargo holds right um, there's a great little bit of music thing here where the whenever you shoot an enemy it goes like <laughs> does like a, a big spy hit I love that uh, and it integrates really well into the soundtrack like mm-hmm. cannot talk enough sugar about the soundtrack it's extremely good yeah yeah, I love it. Um, but when you get to this bulkhead at the end, you get knocked out by Magnus again. Mm-hmm. Um, so <laughs> a little bit later, Heidi um, and Magnus, who is quite drunk at this point, they're arguing about why Magnus didn't kill Kate. You know, again, he's got this, uh, you know, got, got, they got this code of honor about not killing a Scott. Um, mm-hmm. And they're cut short by this explosion elsewhere on the ship. Um, and they order everybody to abandon the ship. You as Kate wake up in this dark room and you need to get off of this thing, uh, as the, Mm -hmm. as the liner is going down and you don't have any of your gear. Yep. You can uh, reclaim it. You don't have to though. Yeah. You can, uh, you can get done. Um, this is the first instance where there are weird little like puzzly things that were, that require you kind of non-intuitively shooting yeah or activating things in the environment um mm-hmm. there's one later that is much tougher than this yeah. i thought like really confusing um but this is uh tricky like you get to this point where you have to shoot this pipe to flood a room mm-hmm. so you can get higher and it's just not very like 
know, we talk a lot about the commentaries for uh, the Valve does. Yeah. You know how they use light to point you at things. Um, this could use a little bit more of that. Yeah. Like, it's like the thing you have to shoot is a little Valve valve handle uh, in a corner that looks like all the other Valve handles, uh, many and, of which yeah. have also been leaky, like this one. Yeah. I've been passing them by constantly. Yeah. You know, um, this is also a good time. You know, we talk about that signaling um, doors you can open and doors you cannot open are not mm-hmm. signaled. Yeah. Um, but I really do love that. Like whenever you go to something you can't open, you just do this like, just knock like it. this very yeah. like polite little <laughs> knock. Uh, yeah. And you're doing it on bulkheads and stuff too. <laughs> uh, it's very cute. But yeah, this, this is a weird little puzzle thing that is like feels a little immersive simmy. Like it feels mm-hmm. like a little bit of what they were going for in terms of a system focused thing, yeah. but didn't. You know, it doesn't quite match. It feels like it doesn't match the rest of the game. Up to this point, I've been shooting people and trying not to be seen. And the things yes. that I needed it needed to interact with have been like levers in the environment that'll open a door. Like mm-hmm. getting to this, you know, probably four or five hours into the game. Uh, when I've not been asked to think about like, okay, raising water levels and stuff. Um, yeah. You know, it's it was, it was I, I, like, I had to look I had to look this up. I had to look up and see what I you know what I had to do here. Once you get through the hatch, you have to close it behind you so you don't drown. Um, and you run down the hallway as the hall is like starting to crush inwards yeah. until you get to the bridge. Um, you haven't photographed shit, but you do get to activate the radio, which puts a tracking beacon. Right. And that's the end of the mission. Yeah. Um, we go to headquarters. Uh, we get a cutscene here um, uh, of this ridiculously English gentleman uh, mm-hmm. kind of like placing wagers like with this group of people like about who can tell which cigars are Cuban. You know, <laughs> extremely British. Yes. Um, yeah. And uh, the commissioner, everybody, you know, refers to him as the commissioner. He walks in and of course he belches and not just because yeah. he is aristocrat, uh, aristocrat heavy, but like, you know, just belches um, and a man with uh, w- w- with an eye patch. He talks about like, oh, this guy with an eye patch, he stuck me with the tip of his umbrella um, and said mm-hmm. au revoir and handed me a lily. Is that a bad sign, you guys? I don't know. Uh, and then the house explodes. Yes. <laughs> so. yeah. uh, just kind of showing us that uh, people belch. This is the foreshadowing that when you become a boy bomb, mm-hmm. uh, you, you belch first. Yes. Um, we get training with scuba gear mm-hmm. uh, here, which is pretty standard. Uh, the spear gun, which is just a projectile. Mm-hmm. Uh, base weapon here. Weirdly useful outside buckle. of the water. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Still useful. Uh, and then a belt buckle grappling hook, which is very underused. Yeah. Um, there are only a couple different places it could be used. And again, it's one of those things where like, I feel like if this game was reduced down to its component parts, like if there wasn't as much space between me using this, I would not forget that I had it. Yeah. So it ended up being a thing where I just get to a dead end and be like, fuck, you uh-huh. know, I haven't used the belt buckle in hours. Like, and then I would have to use it. Yes. Uh, you know, it's just kind of a function of the game being a little bit too long for its mm-hmm. pace. Yeah. Um, also, it's not a very good grappling hook. Don't give me a grappling hook and then make it bad, please. Yeah. It just it basically is just an elevator. Like it just goes yeah. and then you're, you're there. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, so we learn how to use the scuba gear to go on scuba gear uh, to go on the mission called the dive. Um, your mm-hmm. initial mission here is to, uh, you know, we start above the water. We need to go to this hotel to find Goodman. Uh, turns out Goodman, the dick, was responsible for blowing up the ship. He blames you mm-hmm. for not getting the intel that you need, even though he blew up the ship. Uh, he blames yep. you uh, for not doing it fast enough before he yep. blew up the ship. Maybe you should, you know, not blow up the ship when your partner's on there. Podna? Yeah. Uh, this is this is a cool level though. Yeah, um, I like this quite a bit. Even though uh, 
I love how uh, this is one of the most aggressive games for fall damage. Uh-huh. Of FPS. Like, man, Kate goes down quick from a fall. Yeah. Um, brittle Because ankles. room service shows up. They're super brittle. Uh, Britter. Uh, Britter? Brittle. Bitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, ankles. Um, so these hitmen show up who are disguised as room service. So you have to mm-hmm. escape out the window um, on the roof. And we have to fight through this, like, cool, you know, Austrian-looking hotel. Uh-huh. It's Oktoberfest. Yeah. It's Oktoberfest. Like, this is great. Yeah. Um, kind of going rooftop to rooftop, climbing to these attics and vents and stuff and trying to pathfind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I really like this. I like it quite a bit. I love the, uh, uh, like, the incidental dialogue of the uh, of the revelers who were all, mm-hmm. uh, you know, terrified that there's this gunfire going around. That's mm-hmm. great. Um, like, I like passing through the uh, the storage rooms and the kitchens and stuff. Like, there's something that they, that they do very, very well is, like, having the public-facing portions of these levels and then, like, the staff portions. I, I wanted mm-hmm. to comment on that back at the uh, the club in Hamburg, how, like, the front of house is all groovy and stuff, but you get in the back and it's just all shitty and dingy and stuff. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. This is a good level. I like this a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so you uh, you continue through uh, past these things going rooftop to rooftop. Um, we get this little cutscene where a henchman uh, explains to uh, Wagner that Kate has gotten away. And uh, she's like, oh, what should your punishment be? And he goes, well, you could electrocute me or burn me alive, but the worst thing in the world would be to be deprived of your motivational concerts, uh, <laughs> ma'am. And she's like, oh, that would be horrible. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a cute little scene. Uh, and then she decides, no, that's too harsh. I'll electrocute you. Yep. <laughs> well, um, well, no, she, she decides I'm going to electrocute you after she hears him celebrate that he's not going to have to listen to her music anymore. Oh yeah. Like she starts to walk away and overhears him. Yeah. Um, so we, we cut over to, uh, there are these like nice cinematic cuts. Like we don't see them go out to this. It's just, yeah. it's the next day and they're on a boat. Um, they're talking about who should go, uh, diving, uh, here. This is this kind of the setting up this, uh, Kate and Goodman, you know, Kate angling for the missions. Yes. Wind, uh, you'll put me in coach, mm-hmm. uh, and Goodman hanging back. Um, so Kate's the one who's going to go diving and we do right. this underwater section, which is, uh, surprisingly like painless as well. Yeah. Um, you know, the underwater mechanics in this are just fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's the only time you do it. <laughs> like you're mm-hmm. not really going to have to mess around with that too much, uh, outside of the beginning of, uh, uh, the beginning of this next mission here or one of these upcoming missions. Um, mm-hmm. I like the cutscene before this because, uh, uh, Magnus, when he's sending the, uh, the, the, the agents in, he says like, Hey, uh, if you find my bottle of Lafroig in there, can you please grab it? <laughs> mm-hmm. So Magnus has a, has good taste in scotch. Um, no, he's, he's Scottish. Well, yeah, of course. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, when you're underwater, like, you know, you go in and you, uh, take your photos. Uh, it's pretty easy to find what you need to get to the way out changes. Um, not just because you are dealing with more than just sharks. You've got these scuba agents who are coming in, but also like the wreckage shifts and the way you came in is not the way you're going to be able to get out. I had a little bit of confusion here, mostly because I forgot that I could swim up. <laughs> oh sure yeah. Yeah. you can also kill these sharks and you later cannot yes kill sharks there's a there's very specific sharks sharks without freaking laser beams and they yes. are not able to be killed mm-hmm. uh, these ones though you can kill uh, to your heart's content they're not endangered yeah yet um you know so so you make your uh make your way back um kate gets back to the boat and goodman says uh he didn't see anything about the divers on the surface yep. they're like why didn't you warn me you know there were guys down there yep. he says he did not see them suspiciouser and suspiciouser um yeah so we get another little story cut scene um at hq 
where Kate goes to the war room and they harm sent a video <laughs> in which a puppet explains their whole bit. Right. Um, you know, they orchestrated this explosion in Monte Carlo. Uh, they'll do worse. Their man's not meant. It's very detailed. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> you know, the first bomb will go off in a week. If, you know, for every hour after that, we'll do this. We've infected so many people, mm-hmm. uh, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and they give these really uh, ridiculous demands. Yeah. Um, it's like, you know, $1 million or whatever. Uh, the continent of Australia and an international holiday. <laughs> and day. Harm day. <laughs> um, every day. Uh, and then they... Uh, you know, they point out, it's like, you know, Kate points out, you know, because she's a sharp cookie, like, no, they, they knew we weren't going to be able to do this. Mm-hmm. You know, they wanted us to give them the money and then still be able to do their terror. I don't think Australia is ours to give. Yeah, I don't <laughs> no. think it's anyone's to give. Right. I don't think that, I don't think Australians really no. own it. There were people there. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, like it was already owned. Yeah. It's like, a, it's a thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so it was like, yeah, no, they want us to fail so they can justify doing more bombing. Okay. Yeah. So now we're, now that we're dealing with that, we need to, uh, you know, figure out who they've infected. Like, you know, like who mm-hmm. are the patient zeros that they've sent in? Uh, we need to like figure out the antidote and we've got to get Dr. Schenker, uh, to help us, uh, kind of put all the pieces together here. Yeah. And this is the literal fulcrum on which the game kind of turns for me a little bit. Yes. Uh, because the next series of missions is absolutely dog shit. <laughs> uh, and a huge bummer. Yes. Um, we get training um, on this like stunning perfume that we have, which should be useful for this next segment, but I found not useful. Uh-huh. And then a uh, mechanical gu- guard dog extractor that's incredibly cute. Little robotic uh, dog, Flipsy, that walks up and makes little hearts come out of guard dogs. Yep. Uh, by spraying uh, pheromones. Yeah. Which in real life would just give that dog like a gigantic gross boner that would cause the dog to have sex with the machine. Yep. But in this is just cartoon hearts, which I appreciate because... Yeah. I don't feel like animals should be allowed to have erections. And when they do around me, uh, it is a crime. <laughs> I don't feel I don't. Like, if, I, if, I, if I could pass a law about it, I would. Yeah, that, that's my harm demand. Yeah. I, I don't want the continent, replace the continent of Australia, give that back to the Ab- Aborigine people and the native people there, and then just uh, make it illegal for a dog to get a boner around me. Yep. Because <laughs> almost nothing makes me more uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, I fucking hate it. Yeah. So... <laughs> Yeah, like a fucking WiiWare shovel game where I'm shooting the boners off dogs with my remote. <laughs> <laughs> Carnival Games 4. Let's fucking go. Like that Robocop <laughs> scene. <laughs> <laughs> Big dislike. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, but yeah, we get those tools. They're going to be, you know, uh, they're going to be useful. Uh, and just kind of the next series of missions is going to be following up on this corporate lead. So the chemicals that we were looking for were not on the ship. We need to, um, uh, you know, we figured out that they were being stored and distributed by this, uh, by, by this company, Dumas Industries or Dumas Industry, uh, which is led by this, uh, you know, uh, business monster named Baron Archibald Dumas. So we need to go speak mm-hmm. with him. Uh, it doesn't need to be violent, but we are going to have to get into his office. And this takes us into a man of influence. Uh, this mission sucks the stars from the sky. Yeah. Uh, a series of missions. Yeah. That are all uh, pretty bad. Right. Uh, big, <clears throat> big, big dislike. Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, so we need to find out what the Baron knows. Uh, we head in with Goodman um, at the receptionist. The receptionist outlines, uh, outlines his schedule. He only meets with people for like 10 minutes on Fridays. Um, <laughs> we poison her. We slip something into her coffee to give her crippling diarrhea so we mm-hmm. can get into the office. Yeah. Um, and you have this section with Goodman where you kind of rock, paper, scissors or whatever to see who goes in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you go in and this is this took me a billion fucking tries. Yep. 
I it's I, I lost count. Like this, this <laughs> is so hard. The number of quick saves and reloads mm-hmm. uh, in this uh, because you have to sneak around this office that is more secure than anything. There are mm-hmm. cameras everywhere, and if you get spotted or cause any alarm, the mission fails. Right. Um, and I just didn't feel like I had the stealth tools nope. for this. So it, this should be systemic, right? It should be like, okay, if I can, if I can plot my path through all this, I can go and, you know, get, get through. There are things that you need to do to make sure that you are not spotted that are extremely prescriptive. Like if you manage, mm-hmm. you know, like I did, if you manage to get to Archibald Dumas office and, you know, you press on the desk set to open the secret passage to his real office and you have not disabled the uh, uh, the alarms, uh, it'll trigger trigger an alarm and that'll end the mission. Yeah. I had no idea that there is a security room that you had to get into that has a guard in it that will not leave unless you light fire Set to fire. Yeah. And like there's like a yeah. little bit of, you know, stuff in the intel that you pick up around here. But like up to this point, most of all of the intel has been fun little fluff that I enjoyed reading. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, very, very much so. Like it is very, you know, to put a mission critical hint in the midst of like, you know, just uh, an avenue for jokes. Yeah. Um, is pretty frustrating getting this guy out of the thing. It's also just the geometry yeah. of getting him out of there because the area he's in, uh, there's a camera kitty corner to him. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a secretary around the corner and a guy who goes back and forth Yeah, uh, between two offices. So even like where to be while he leaves and checks out the fire is difficult. Uh huh. Um, and I cannot count, you know, again, the, my, a lot of my tries of this were trying to, uh, use my brand new stunning perfume. Mm-hmm. to get in there but it creates this gigantic cloud so you can't really sneak past him and uh once someone is stunned once they're unstunned they set off the fucking alarm yeah <laughs> what is the point of this fucking perfume <laughs> why give it to me now you know yeah it's it just it's really weird yeah uh, i hated this like i i got really upset yeah um and this i had to take multiple breaks yeah it's uh it's yeah. no good um and you yeah. have to get you have to get out too <laughs> mm-hmm. like you get to the top uh you know and you have the baron's office which is like a, a room that's almost like in a fishbowl and you have guards patrolling around the top uh mm-hmm. so you're not in the clear once you get into the room and look at the look at the miniature of the chemical plant or whatever like you have to somehow deal with these uh these guards up top and then get back out it's a little bit easier because by this point you have disabled security but that does not stop the patrols um yes. that are going to like be around the bottlenecks that you have to go through uh it's it's a lot they are placing demands on you that their system cannot live up to and making yeah. you feel like it is your fault for failing and half the cameras um you know making enemies you know putting enemies further away from alarms like just making this place a little less secure since this yeah. is supposed to be their front yeah you know that's the weird thing about this is like the idea in like, i was thinking of this in a Shadowrun context yeah um the idea that this was pretty easy to get into and then once you get into the secret you know the secret layer like that's where the real security is uh-huh. but there's really not a feeling of a difference between right. them like there are more armed guards but your consequence for failure is just as high uh-huh or you know in this first section um yeah. yeah very frustrating and like there's a version of this that could be really good just as like a non-combat breather level you know where mm-hmm. like you know oh you're in an office that's strange yeah, you don't you, really you get, do you get a cover story as a temp yeah <laughs> you know like you, you have to kind of go around and get the, get into stuff like that would have been way cooler yeah it didn't um, have to be hateful and, and demanding like this and later there's a thing too that it, that gives you the cover story that doesn't work right like it works for everyone except for guards and cameras. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you. Yeah. Uh, this, this series of mission is so frustrating. 
Um, just absolutely incredible. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, so we start out, uh, once we get this thing, we make our way out. Um, and then we go to this, uh, chemical plant. Um, we argue about who will go inside. We flip a coin. Kate wins. Um, given, uh, what we find out about Goodman, it's like, well, what if she didn't win? Uh-huh. Um, you know, uh, Goodman tells you your orders, which is what you've already kind of been doing. Yeah. Um, so we have another stealth section that's slightly less hateful. Mm-hmm. Um, here, uh, if you lose, an alarm goes off, uh, but you can kill people and kind of stop this from happening. Right. Um, and continue to uh, move on. It's not instant death. Yeah. Uh, this level is pretty well designed. Uh, you have free reign of the plant. You have to find these three ledgers, um, and they're all on these very obvious spokes off of the main motor pool, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you get through, like, the, you have to do a little bit of, like, um, oh, gosh, conveyor belt hijinks. Uh, to, to open up your path but it's not not terrible um and it's mm-hmm. the last time it's going to be not terrible for a little while here uh <laughs> as you as you go to leave uh she she sees magnus he is discussing some things with the plant foreman uh mr jones um you know as you uh are listening to him he says hey we need to uh we need to speak with the baron because you know he might be uninvolved in this like this might all be happening under his nose uh the mastermind could be someone below him you know we've heard his schedule which is all like you know leisure time basically yeah yeah he could be a stooge yeah you know um so we do another mission now where we're going to do a little non-combat mission mm-hmm. um we'll be on a coin flip to interview him um we sweet talk our way past the butler saying we're from a magazine called men of influence <laughs> and we want to interview the baron for the perfect living series of people who live, <laughs> uh, perfect lives yep. um this character is also very fun yep um because the Baron as a safari hunter who realized uh, why go to where the animals are when I can bring the animals to me. The part you want um, is so the trophy. Like, <laughs> yeah, you want the trophy. So why not just like, you know, and it's not like you don't just buy the trophy. Uh-huh. You just bring the animal here in a cage and then hunt it. Yep. Uh, in, in, in the cage, uh, you know, and you, you you can either fluff his ego or you can challenge him on this stuff. Yeah, I love um, like asking just, him like, what books do you read? Yeah. It's good. Uh, yeah. I was asking him uh, softballs because I thought there would still be consequences for failure. Right. Uh, during this, but I watched a cutscene of the uh, hardball questions and pretty fun. <laughs> yep. Shooting the pandas in pens is more honorable than just buying them outright. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've been hunting pandas in Bristol and like I didn't wasn't aware there were panda, pandas in Bristol. So we can get anything overnighted. Um, yeah. uh, it's very good. Yeah. Uh, but the important piece of information we get is that he's very hands off with the company. Yes. Uh, most everything is just paperwork. Uh, they keep it on a safe. Um, he won't provide any more detail on this, but it does seem like uh, to find out how involved he is, we need to get into that safe. Right. Um, so we go back to HQ. Um, we determine, hey, there is a second in command uh, named Damascus Valentine. This is very obviously a pseudonym for Dmitry Volkov, again, the person who killed uh, who killed Bruno and who we've been seeing mm-hmm. offing other people. Just a reminder that he exists. The plan is to go into the Dumas corporate headquarters by descending from this nearby uh, tower that's under construction. Um, and we go do our mm-hmm. training for this code breaking gadget, which is just something that'll unlock keypads. Takes a little while. Then we also yeah. get these thermal sunglasses. I was hoping this would let me see uh, enemies through walls. No, this just highlights freaking lasers. Yeah, it, it would be cool if it did. Yes, because this game could really use that. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, and the uh, the say the um, keypad thing is a little bit disappointing. Um, they make a big deal out of it, taking a lot of time. Uh huh. And they say that like sometimes you might have to sit it and then like or set it and then go hide out. Yeah. Um, by the time I use this, I was always safe. 
Mm-hmm. So it just was a time tax. Yeah. Uh, also, it was a, I hope you remembered to grab this again after it was done because you may need to yeah. use it later. Yeah. Yeah. It'll, it'll show up in a mission if you, uh, if you don't take it with you, Yeah, but you can you know, leave, you you can have leave it, it on a, on a number pad. Um, yeah. Yeah. And have to go, yeah, go back absolutely. and get it. Yeah. Yep. Um, so we get another little foreshadowing with our Charlie's angels, uh, mm-hmm. or board Charlie's angels and begin the series of missions. Uh, and this is better. Yeah. You know, immediately better than the nonsense. Like there's a boss fight in here. That's not great. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do like this, the series of missions more than a man of influence. Uh, yeah. these are called safe cracker. Um, and we begin at the ground level of this, uh, skyscraper that's under construction. We get on top, we have to get to the basement and turn on the elevator. Um, the uh, default loadout for this includes a crossbow. The crossbow is really fun. Yep. Uh, and this, um, <laughs> totally silent so much so that you can shoot somebody right next to somebody. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it doesn't, they just investigate the body. Like what happened to you, man? <laughs> um, <laughs> Ooh, extremely, extremely sudden nap. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, surprise naps. Um, and it's, it's totally silent, which this uh, silence pistol, they make a big deal of saying like, it's, you know, as loud as someone knocking on a door, Yeah, like it's not going to cause panic, but it's not silent. Right. Yeah. Like a real silencer. Love this. Uh, love this crossbow. It's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not really good. So, uh, as you take this lift, uh, to get up, uh, this is when you stop and do your boss fight against Inga Wagner. Uh, and we mm-hmm. get our fight with her here. Uh, this ended up, uh, so just a warning for people, you're probably going to have trouble with this because for me at the very, at the very least, uh, the, the frame rate dropped to nothing, like maybe oh, interesting. five frames per second or something like that, uh, which okay. also, uh, affects your, uh, input. So like activating the things that you need to activate to make this happen, like to get through this, uh, ended up being pretty frustrating. I have no idea why I tried changing settings, but it was a, you know, it was a problem. Uh, yeah. She's here. She's in her Valkyrie armor and she will try to attack you, uh, with her sword. Uh, and also you, she has ads who are shooting from the, uh, the floor above her and she is invulnerable to weapons. And she will sing. Yes. Uh, If you get close to her, she'll sing and it bypasses your armor. Yep. (laughs) Uh, which is cute. Um, the ads are really annoying. Yeah. Uh, the way you kill her is turn off the radio that's playing her backing track. Mm -hmm. Uh, and her ego will not allow it to be turned off. So she'll go, uh, turn it back on and you flip the circuit breaker to electrocute her five times. Right. Um, it's very Nintendo. You don't mm-hmm. do a thing three times boss fight. Yeah. Um, and I did not have the frame rate problem. Uh-huh. So I didn't actually find this that difficult um, just to kind of tank through it. But yeah. uh, I could see how that'd be frustrating. Yeah. Like I was bummed because I, you know, of the boss fights, this is probably the most fun. I think probably well, it's, it's definitely the one with the bigger gimmick. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, the third one is just really just shoot. What if you shot a guy? Yeah. What if you shot a guy across a across a chasm? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, fucking ocelot shit. Um, the uh, yeah. So eventually, once you uh, you kill her, um, we can continue forward. Um, we're gonna kind of pick up the pace just a little bit. Yeah. Uh, in these, um, I think it's probably a good idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because in terms of really notable kind of encounter design, um, there's still some little bits of it, but mm-hmm. this is kind of the point in the game where it did start feeling like I kind of stopped noticing the like super good level design, like feeling like, Oh, this is great. Mm -hmm. Um, with a couple of exceptions. Yes. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, the next part is that, uh, you know, you're still in the construction construction area. You've got to, uh, get to the, get up the top of the tower and swing a crane over so you can descend into the next one. It's a lot of ups and downs and it's a lot of like, hope you remembered that you have a grappling hook kind of stuff. Getting those targets. Yeah. 
and recognizing the grapple points. Yes. Like they're not super well signaled here. Yeah. Um, this is like a graphical fidelity issue. Like other games that would have, you know, I always prefer a free form grapple to a grapple point mm-hmm. system. But if you're going to have a grapple point system, I want it to be like, um, you know, Tomb Raider 2016, where it's like a very obvious piece of wood. Yes. Or something. You know, um, once you get up to the rooftops of the tower, I need to go through the HVAC systems to power up and ride a window washer to get inside. Uh, once inside, you find the safe and gather, uh, and you must gather at least eight pieces of intel. Um, these are randomized. Mm-hmm. Uh, where this game uses randomization is very interesting. Um, so it's just kind of walkthrough proof, and it basically just says you have to get through the whole thing. Yes. Um, to get all the stuff. But uh, getting out is very frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> so uh you know you've got to uh man i just like the elevators don't work like you have to activate mm-hmm. them in security rooms um and again you've got just these these panels that are not necessarily very clear uh what they are um yeah just uh just problems like you've got to mm-hmm. uh put a code breaker on this thing that doesn't look that that doesn't look like any of the keypads you've seen before and it's really bad signaling I don't yeah. don't care for it even though i like the office itself like the office mm-hmm. d- is designed to be like oh like obviously they have way too much money you know kind of yeah. like the uh what is it the the, the bad guys in xcom <laughs> like when you go mm-hmm. to their office and it's all a bunch of like trophies yeah. yeah it's professor xavier's house yeah um once you get to this kind of last section where we're getting to the safe we learned a little bit about the safe um and it has a section with uh, freaking laser beams where uh, <laughs> it releases, releases poison vents mm-hmm. do you put on your glasses and you have to do this little uh, dexterity challenge um and the last little bit is impossible uh, to get past through but get past so you have to go through this vent mm-hmm. um and when you uh you get through you know to the end um you photograph the documents um, the game cuts up to you meeting with Goodman in a rooftop garden and, uh, there's a little like standoff thing where Volkov puts a gun on him. Um, there's some back and forth about if, you know, if I were you, I would shut up. You know, mm-hmm. Americans think you can talk your way out of everything. Uh, and Goodman ends up dying. Yes. Uh, uh and Kate gets away. Uh, Kate has gotten attached to, uh, to Goodman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's grown accustomed to his face. Uh, we get to an inter- interstitial here. Uh, Kate is trying to process her grief. She's at the firing range, and she has a flashback to the death uh, when she is called to the war room. Uh, that that interrupts it here. Uh, Kate and Mr. Jones, mm-hmm. they talk about, you know, just all the people around Kate who have been dying. First, Bruno, uh, who was kind of her mentor, and Goodman, who she was, uh, you know, coming to respect. Uh, but then Mr. Smith comes in. They've analyzed the photos from the safe, and we learn the we learn where Dr. Schenker is being held. Yep. Um, it's underground base in North America, but we don't know exactly where. And we need to find and interrogate uh, this train engineer who might be on harm's payroll. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have to go in, escape by train, uh, by detaching the caboose near the lumber yard. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, the final little bit we learn is that Baron Dumas, Baron Dumas has... Uh, Baroness Dumas has changed her name recently. Yes. Um, the wife of uh, Mr. Dumas. Uh, her real name is Felicity Farnsworth, and mm-hmm. she's the daughter of a disgraced politician. Um, and Kate knows her because they had similar backgrounds. Right. Um, this is not really. This they isn't highlighted. Like they, yeah, they say it a lot, but uh-huh. it's not like they were not so different. You and I, like, 
I could have turned out to be you bit. Like there are a couple of themes <laughs> in this that don't really fire off. One of them is that spies fucking suck. Mm-hmm. And the other one is that like, you know, if it weren't for, you know, for slightly different choices, I would have become you. Yeah. Like, uh, which is, you know, a time tested theme, but like, I don't feel like there's a lot to it here. Yeah. Uh, they, they really do not lay. So ultimately the Baroness ends up being the mastermind behind all of this. And yes. her, her motivation is to like, get back at the high society that kicked her family out and caused her to live in poverty before she married mm-hmm. back up you know uh kate also used to you know have a wealthy family but then they lost everything um mm-hmm. yeah so like we get one glimpse of the baroness and then we get her background here and then she ultimately mm-hmm. is the person who is responsible for everything yep uh and we get training uh, for a couple of new gadgets uh the camera disabler mm-hmm. which i wish would have been in the game from the beginning yep um an acidic perfume uh yeah. seems dangerous and then uh vehicles <laughs> Yeah. Um, Guess what? We got yeah. a motorcycle baby. <laughs> yeah, we got motorcycle baby. Um, and there's later there's snowmobile baby. Uh-huh. Um, AKA Santa baby. Um, <laughs> there aren't a lot of motorcycle scenes in this. Like when it no. comes up, it's fun. I want a little bit more vehicle stuff though, because I think it's you know fun to be on a motorcycle, go vroom vroom. It's also part of the part of the genre, you know? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> vroom vroom is as as James Bond as <laughs> ladies and uh, you know, murder. And drinking too much, yes. Drinking, vroom vroom, pussy. <laughs> vroom vroom, pussy Octo is my vroom favorite vroom. Bond girl. <laughs> yeah. Like, Octo vroom vroom. <laughs> yeah. Q, I'd like to go vroom vroom on this, may I? And <laughs> like, uh, is it time to go vroom vroom? <laughs> yeah. I can't one up that. I don't know what vroom vroom means in this context. <laughs> that means going on a motorcycle. Go oh, okay. vroom vroom, go fast. Okay. okay. Go vroom vroom. It's like our trains go choo choo. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Speaking yeah. of trains. Uh, so we we're on this train uh we've got to find this railway co-conspirator um and then Mm -hmm. uh learn where the entrance to the facility is uh to get inside and find shanker uh we've got you know open up on these two agents talking about how there might be a spy on board um you know one calls the other a moron uh the other thinks that they call him a mormon and why would that be an insult Mm -hmm. just Mm -hmm. weird little just shtick uh, I misheard you. Yeah. Okay, Mormons. There's, there's lots funny. of there's lots of good shtick that we're not highlighting. Yes. <laughs> also, it just it's just worth noting in all these things. If you're managed to stay stealthy, there are funny conversations. Yes. Um, I recommend everyone who listens to this who wants that kind of supplement uh-huh. uh, to go on YouTube and find a best of. Yes. Uh, which there are extant. Right. Um, so you started in the kitchen car, and like what you end up having to do is go up and down the train without being spotted. In order to find this con, uh, in order to find your contact and then find the harm agent, um, yeah. And the primary person who's going to give you a problem is the ticket agent. Yep, uh, you can eventually find a ticket, so you can present that. Yeah. Um, but this is kind of fun, like seeing him checking tickets down the way and trying uh-huh. to find a place to hide. Yeah. Um, I dig this. Yeah. I like it. Um, yeah. Uh, you get to the part where you disconnect the caboose and roll up to the yumber- lumber yard. Um, this is a little industrial dungeon. Uh, before we get to the other side and we hop in our motorcycle. Mm-hmm. Um, the motorcycle is this kind of stop and pop uh, section through the the mountains mm-hmm. where we can stop and shoot guys from a distance, Yeah, um, which is fun. Um, you know, dig it. And the uh, once you eventually, you dead end in this rock and have to climb this tower uh, and you find a hidden door uh, while a helicopter is firing on you. Yeah. Here. So very genre. Yeah, very high high, high genre drama. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I spy. <laughs> uh, the underground base that you get into is not really anything special. 
uh, you know, you have to get your way into the security room to get an ID card that'll get you into the lower level, but just hallways, hallways and basic stealth. Um, I believe that there's no penalty for being spotted. So I mm-hmm. went through guns a blazing cause that's how I like to play this game. Yeah. Uh, it's not until later. Um, the next level where you will fail for stealth is when you're in the, uh, the villa Yes, and you're shadowing, uh, the Baroness. Ugh. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so you find Shanker and he says, yeah, all of this has been carefully coordinated by harm um, and the mole who is within unity, like even like arranging my defection um, and getting unity involved. Um, and then, mm-hmm. you know, like like all of that was a part of getting Shanker here to work on this stuff. Yep. So the conspiracy goes all the way to the top. <laughs> um, yep. uh, you have to escort him out. Uh, there's this room with electrified pads on the ground yeah that looks real goofy but once we get that uh we are we are through uh we get an interstitial here uh there's a man in shilling he is standing outside of his house uh he belches and he blows up killing 1300 yep (laughs) Uh, sad (laughs) sad sad um the uh i i hate that uh our president has taken away my ability to just say <laughs> yeah i know sad at the end of sentences because i really liked it just say oh it's a real bummer dude <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's a real a real bummer but i don't really feel like these video these video game deaths are a bummer no you know so i want to just be able to like move on while acknowledging uh, <laughs> fictional human death yeah and the thing is he's doing that in real life like mm-hmm. he's moving on really quickly while acknowledging yeah actual human death mm-hmm. but this is no one lives forever not you know United States of America, am I right? Right. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> like, um, anywho, uh, so Schilling is the hometown of the Baroness, the Baron's wife. Mm-hmm. So Kate has a suspicion that the victims were entangled somehow. Right. She's uh, you know doing the cork board in her mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and the harm puppet uh, gives them a message that says they did this explosion in retaliation for the rescue of Doctor Shanker. Right. Uh, Schenker says he has no idea how the poison was distributed. Uh, there is an antidote that, uh, that is available. However, it is so unstable that it needs to be produced in a zero G environment, which means that harm has space capabilities. Mm hmm. Yep. Harm's going to space. So we need to go up there and get the antidote. Mm-hmm. Um, Kate and Mr. Jones talk for a little bit and talk about, uh, the other code name for this mission, which is going to be Fox and Fox hunt. Mm-hmm. Um, this is because Bruno, uh, gave her that code name when he was hunting her for her crimes. Yes. Uh, and we learned about the mind detector function of our sunglasses. Um, there was a minefield like many levels back, Yep. Uh, which we can go through to get a special item if we want to replay the level. Yeah. Uh, but this just highlights the mines. We're going to like mm-hmm. pass through one minefield and that'll be the end of it. <laughs> yes. Uh, we get to uh, Trouble in the Tropics, uh, where you open up. You're in this underground base. You have scuba in. Uh, like, I can't look at this and not think of Metal Gear Solid, actually. No, sure. <laughs> yeah. As, yeah. as one does. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to think of it as a reference since it's so late in the game. Yeah. But that is what it feels like. Yes. You know, uh, Metal Gear, you, you know, the influence of Metal Gear is such that it has colonized the idea of scuba uh, of, diving of, into a base. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the opening here, it's a nice, easy little section. Uh, you have to find and destroy, destroy this radio uh, before riding a lift up to the upper level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we get a cutscene where some harm employees are bickering about hiding uh, the bright orange crates. 
uh, from passing airline pilots. Um, it's kind of <laughs> underlying the genre silliness. Yes. Uh, their crates are uh, very conspicuous. Mm-hmm. Um, there's an outside section where you were going through these tropical canyons dealing with sniper nest. Mm-hmm. Um, at one point, uh, we had to cross this rickety bridge while we're under fire from rockets and grenades. Yeah. Uh, which is which is tough. Mm-hmm. Um, and eventually uh, travel through this river and grapple up into a wastewater pipe in order to get into the mountainside. Yeah. Uh, this takes us to our next big um, our next big uh, set piece because the wastewater pipes take us into a missile test silo. Um, mm-hmm. we're like in the blast pit beneath this, uh, silo that they use for rocket tests. Uh, they're going to fire it off. You have 90 seconds, uh, and to avoid being incinerated, you have to sabotage it. So you have to go and weld the locks off of these four beams that are holding the rocket in place. Uh, and then the crucial second point is you need to be under the water when the, um, when the rocket, uh, blows, it's not enough. Yeah. It's not enough just to, uh, uh, sabotage this. I got cooked four times, I think, before I figured mm. out <laughs> what I needed to do. Yeah um more mm-hmm. times than uh, uh i should be comfortable admitting uh you do end up successfully sabotaging the launch though which blows up and opens a path forward mm-hmm. um and this goes this is going to the launch facility um this is another area where you cannot cause an alarm um somewhat arbitrarily yeah. and you don't have a silenced gun with you unless you did that specifically for your loadout mm-hmm. um the default thing just gives you the spear gun yeah so you have a slow projectile weapon as your only silenced weapon mm-hmm. yeah uh, no. But you have to get in deep enough to eavesdrop on these two scientists to learn that there is no antidote in the base. We're going to have to do it the, the do it the hard way. Yeah, we have to go into space. Mm-hmm. Um, the one place that capitalism cannot surprise or survive. <laughs> um, I love the design of the space station. That's so um, good. We've been through a lot of space stations on the show. Uh huh. And I couldn't help but compare it to the uh, space station from uh, Wolfenstein. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And how much this is way cooler. Oh yeah, like the one of Wolfenstein is all like Art Deco kind of stuff, which yeah. is fine and has its own uh, has its own charm. This is like ultra groovy and has like a neon covered space bar. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> like a lounge. Also, all of the uh, the the color, all of the uh, sectors have a have their own color assigned to them, but it's not just like red, blue, or anything. It's goldenrod, periwinkle, burnt sienna. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, it's it's uh, it's very funny. Yeah. Like it's it's all super groovy. You know, go to go to the taupe sector. Yeah. <laughs> um, very yeah. very. Funny. I don't know why that joke works for you, but it really does. Oh, it's good. Mm-hmm. Um, so you steal an ID card at the bar head upstairs to find an atomic laser gun, which is going to be our weapon uh, for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, it bypasses armor. Yep. Uh, it's extremely good. Uh, you have it and enemies have it. So yes. this is like your glass clan- cannon uh, of all yes. level. Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> glass <laughs> clannon. Glass clancy. This is your glass clancy. Uh, evil. You know, ah, ooh. You're right, recording for a little bit. Yeah. yeah you know, I'm, I, you know, but, but I'm, <laughs> I'm working on it. Yeah. We're all working on it. Uh, yeah. Don't worry. So, don't feel bad. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah, isn't it great how, like, now that you have two cats and, like, how animals, like, when a dog is shaking off, how they can do that full, like, full body vibrate? Uh huh thing like I, I humans don't really have an equivalent to that no we don't have like, a that's why i do is shake my head and, you know, and just do that yeah yeah, yeah. No, just but when we do it, it's motorboarding when we do it we get kicked <laughs> out of an airplane yeah so like, you, could do, you could do like the uh the the, the three stooges like uh like slapping at your own face and wiping it like oh yeah that yeah. yeah yeah and or yeah i should or i could uh get a healthy amount of sleep uh yeah. come on what yeah do you want the moon as well sleep yeah <laughs> Are you out of your mind? 
um so uh to get to you know to get the uh, a sample of the antidote or at least enough to uh to, to be worthwhile you've got to go up to the security sector at the very top of this and then uh take an elevator to the secret labs uh it's real uh it's it's real heavily guarded everything here mm-hmm. um there's a lot yeah. of uh, awful lot of like pass fail kind of stuff once you get beyond the um uh the joy of the groovy space station like you have to pass through this umbilical where like a bunch of meteors hit the tube and cause everything to come apart like uh it's, yeah it's a bunch of a uh, bunch of instant death kind of things uh later on yeah a uh, big bummer yeah um eventually we do get the antidote um but the elevator to the escape pods is broken mm-hmm. so we have to jump up the shaft support beams yeah. in order to grab a uh a pod um this is an area where you have to use the grapple mm-hmm uh to get up to the top of this and i had no fucking clue yep uh, that i had to do this i had forgotten about the grapple completely uh-huh why would i need to grapple so, in space <laughs> that, you, you know it's a good question it seems yeah yeah um yeah so this is uh frustrating to me but eventually i did get up yeah um so we get to this uh little hq segment where shanker says the antidote is valuable mm-hmm. um you know kate is focusing on the baroness right. whereas the baroness uh turns out she's gone skiing and she wants to follow her her uh, her hunch and mr jones supports you mr smith does not yeah um we get a training on snowmobiles which are very similar to motorcycles mm-hmm. uh and then we get our charlie's angels who are bored still yeah uh, and a joke that i assure you does not pay off nope um, <laughs> just these are mini bosses that you will fight and there will be no comment about them ever yeah so. they do not have names or voices barely mm-hmm. so yeah they're just bored yeah so yep. we go to Alpine Intrigue. The idea here is that the Baroness will lead us uh, to a list of harms intended poisoning victims. That's Kate's hunch, anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, we start mm-hmm. out. We have to do a. Uh, we have to do a, a tailing kind of thing. You know, we have to mm-hmm. talk with an informant about the Baroness's routine, um, and then she takes this gondola up to a chalet. Yes. Um, and then we have to do the tailing uh, mm-hmm. thing, which again, you know, nobody, nobody likes nobody, nope. uh, you know, follow, but don't follow so close behind mm-hmm. uh, thing. Uh, it's, it's horrible. And it's a weird thing that like somebody, I, I complained about this on Twitter at some point and somebody did say they liked it. Um, and I don't know if that's a function of Twitter contrarianism or it's just the Rosetta stone that explains why these things happen because Maybe. it feels like somebody has to like it even if not a player, like a game designer yeah. has to think these are cool. Right. Because they, they were so the style at the time and still sometimes now. Yeah. Uh, and I just don't, it's like when we did a uh, crash bandicoot and someone's like, Oh, I love levels where you run towards the camera. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I just, I, I hear the words that are coming out of your mouth. Like I understand those <laughs> it's Yahoo serious. <laughs> young Einstein. <laughs> I don't know what those words mean, but that makes no sense. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah you, you know I, I wonder if it's a little bit of something like maybe like the first game that did these and i couldn't tell you like the first time i really noticed them being a problem was like assassin's creed was like maybe it was something that was done almost out of necessity and then it was emulated mm. because people saw hey here's this very successful game that did this similarly like even games that do not need um to have you like uh, scrunch through a tight area or you know in order to do a loading screen they're still doing that because that is considered to be the way that you transition from area to area like yeah. so it used to be that was a way to hide a loading screen it doesn't serve that purpose now, anymore but people still do it i wonder yeah if it's the just ta- the like, semiotics of yeah you know so yeah, i wonder, I wonder if the like if the tailing if the tailing stuff was done almost out of necessity people kind of like realized like yeah these are no good but we're still gonna do them almost out yeah. of like a kind of an, an inertia 
No idea. Well, and, and at this point in the game, in terms of like completion time, you can understand the urge to spice things up and yes. do something different, right? Like it has been a while since we've had a non uh, combat or stealth focused. Yeah. Even uh, in space. Level. Yeah. But I just really want games uh, in a general sense to be less afraid of like a walk around, talk to people level. Yeah. Like this could have just been a breather. I don't necessarily want a cutscene, mm -hmm. you know, but go undercover. Like yeah. there's a weird, you know, there's one scene later where you go undercover. Yeah. Uh, in this, uh, but it's barely undercover. It doesn't really count. Well, earlier we had the you section know? where you were trying to find the entrance to the base when you were walking around oh, yeah, the journey. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And like you were just yeah, trying to find yeah. people and it had you going into bars and stuff. Like, I don't know. That was yeah. cool. I liked that. Yeah. <laughs> More of that, less of this. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is this is frustrating. And it's never it's never been good. Mm -hmm. Like there are times, you know, whenever I say something like that, like, oh, this mechanic sucks, there's always like a bunch of people who pop up and be like, Well, this time wasn't this bad and this that bad in this game. Yeah, and yeah. I, I, I really would like the gamer uh proletariat to uh rise up and demand more than it wasn't that bad in this section. <laughs> yeah. Like if you can find an example of something where it didn't really hurt, you're not saying as much as you think you are. Yeah, yeah you know, for in a mechanics defense, like yeah. it's, it's a, it's a frustrating contrarianism mm -hmm. uh, that people, people run into. Yeah. So yeah, this, this, this blows. Yeah. Um, it's, it doesn't sink the game. Like I'm not trying to say this is a verbal flaw by any means. It mm -hmm. just, it just kind of blows. And also it suffers from like the lack of feedback that all the rest of the stealth does. And even some of the navigation does, which is like, mm -hmm. I don't know how far behind or ahead of her I should be. Like there were times where like, Oh, you stayed too far behind. Uh, you failed because she got to a place where you couldn't see her. Like when I tried to get closer, I failed because I was too close. Yeah. <laughs> like, let, let me put a tracking device on her fucking coat. I am mm -hmm. a spy. Yep. You know, give me a little handheld. Like, yeah, we have the technology. Um, so once you uh, get to the outside of this, uh, once you do this, you get to the outside of the compound, um, you cannot cause an alarm because it will alert the Baroness. Mm -hmm. um, it's standard other than that. It's actually a little easier than I think the Man of Influence uh, first level, but still, uh, I don't don't love this. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, in between the scenes here, Kate talks with this informant who says, like, all right, we've got the service, the service gondola that we can take uh, uh, by, you know, by reaching a using a snowmobile. Uh, so mm -hmm. this takes us to uh, kind of that 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 portion here. Uh, this ends up being a little bit uh, differently. You've got like a time section because you fall um, into some water or you can fall into some water if you do uh, fall into the into this canal. Start the timer. Uh, you need to find a source of warmth before you freeze to death. Um, and then, you know, that's kind of fun. That is novel. Yes. Uh, you know, for this. Um, so you run down this uh, kind of frozen, these frozen path, uh, canyon pathways until you reach a cabin. We get the scene break. Um, and then uh, once we get past this, we have the snowmobile ride mm -hmm. to reach the uh, service gondola. Yes. Um, there are a couple of jumps. Um, there are a few stops to weld open padlocks. Uh, I like this kind of thing. Uh -huh. um, like a start and stop vehicle section on yeah. Half-Life 2. It's fun to me. It's good. Yeah. And now we're on to uh, the the last uh, the the last of the missions here. We're kind of in the in the run up here. Uh, most mm -hmm. of everything is going to take place here on the uh, here on the base uh, in the Alps. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Starting the uh, indomitable Kate Archer mm -hmm. uh, section. Um, so we have to uh, get the list of victims without drawing attention in the chalet. Um, we start off in the machinery of the gondola house, um, getting to the upper level to turn on the power for the lift is pretty tricky, um, because there's a crawl space that blends in again, uh, signaling yeah. being a thing in this, uh, which is, you know, again, not totally the fault of the developers. This is something that would, you know, greater graphical fidelity could help with, yeah. but it's still an issue when you're playing it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like the, uh, the, the vent is in the corner of a very dark room 
and because of the texture repeating, uh, it ends up, uh, you know, not being visible for most angles that you would see mm-hmm. was, uh, was the problem that I ran into. Uh, as you're sneaking, you get to a certain point, you get knocked out. Um, Magnus is arguing with an agent again about killing Kate so she won't wake up. Magnus, of course, is not for murder. Um, mm-hmm. and the, <laughs> the agent makes this uh, pretty good point saying, oh, like you've got all this, all this other blood that is indirectly on your hands. You blow stuff up, dude. <laughs> yeah all you, all you do is you know there's less blood because it burns away yeah <laughs> you know it, it's, it's still blood yeah um you know this is also the point um somewhere around here when we start getting the uh, conversations where the sympathetic uh, angle of the guards is really starting to make me laugh consistently yeah um they're talking about quitting there's a lot of uh rival agencies that they uh. mention um it's like very venture brothers yeah like don't don't you work for evil inc nah man i you know i used to work for them but they have this horrible you know i just started feeling bad about killing people you know and i'm starting to feel bad about this like what what does this all add up to you Mm -hmm. know and 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 things like that these very casual conversations uh, it's very good love it yeah um so uh later you know the baroness arrives like you've been a prisoner you're not murdered uh, mm-hmm. and uh, to interrogate you. And Kate immediately starts calling her out like they have a relationship. Yes. Um, whereas it kind of makes Kate seem like a creepy stalker. A little bit, yeah. She knows all the details like, is... about this person, this stranger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's very strange. Who, prior to the game, she did not have any reason to, you know, suspect was evil or anything. Yeah. Uh, just a person, private citizen. Baroness <laughs> uh, Dumas. Yeah. Uh, but Kate's right. The Baroness says, oh, you know, I don't work for harm. Harm works for me. She wants to wipe out yeah. all these society people who drummed her father out of the high life. You know, yeah. every... it's a story about revenge. <laughs> yes. Every one of these blue buds, blue bloods I scrub out makes the world a little bit better. To me, they're less than lint. Yeah. 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 Um, but then of so, course uh, she orders her servant shot for interrupting her. So like, she's yeah. not necessarily, you know, uh, exercising good practice practice saying all of these yep. aristocrats got to go while also summer summarily executing the work or the help. Yeah. 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 Um, so the, uh, and this is where they reveal that the dart you got hit with, uh, had the explosive poison. Mm-hmm. Um, the fuse was supposed to be sent for 10 minutes, but they made a mistake and set it for 10 days. Whoopsie. Uh, so you have about 45 minutes to live. Right. Um, so use Magnus, uh, to guard you and you goad him into fighting by insulting his manhood. Right. Um, in a previous cutscene, you've seen him fight with, uh, Wagner and she calls him uh, fat and calls him a physical insult and it didn't work. Right. So the idea here is like you need, and, but is very upset about, uh, confronting his manhood. Right. So you need to, uh, goad him with that. And this creates a boss fight with him, which is a hand to hand fight, uh, mm-hmm. in basically the golden eye engine. Uh, yeah. it's not the golden eye engine, but with basically the same slappers. Yeah slappers yeah you go up and slap him mm-hmm. um if you get too far away he'll throw dynamite at you um the trick is he has a wind up mm-hmm. um so you need to do kind of step four it's like kingsfield actually yeah you have to go you to him into attack yeah and then get away yeah yep uh there's also a little exploit here that i read about uh mm-hmm. where you can uh when he crouches down to attack you can actually jump on his head Ooh. and he will not know you're there <laughs> so you just point down and slap him in the top of the head because the ai is not playing you know trained to look up in this fight scene oh that's great uh yeah love that it's very cute never yeah. n- if, if you notice that bug in your game never take it out yeah that's good shit <laughs> um and after you uh take him out you are you're on good terms uh, he ends up being kind of your handler for the second game yeah yeah um he has a, he's a breakout character in the second game is my understanding <laughs> but i also love that like oh because because you you know you got out he needs to go get a new job yeah <laughs> like i can't yeah, stick well, around yeah he doesn't want to die yeah 
um, uh, he, t- he, uh, he tells you where to get the list of victims. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's in a, it's in a safe in the basement that, you know, behind this wood pile. So you do like a little bit more like stealth stuff. The, this section is pretty tough actually, because you have to get your stuff back in order to mm-hmm. open locks and things. And the enemies have automatic weapons. Got to get get like mm-hmm. uh, avoid being detected while crawling around on uh, ledges outside. Uh, it's, it's a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, once you do get it back, you end up, uh, you know, you, you end up having to do this like timed mission uh, to, you know, to, to get to the antidote, um, mm-hmm. you know, after you uh, get into the base uh, while you are belching the entire time. <laughs> yeah. Which are, which are little, little Kate belt belches. Mm-hmm. Um, I also like that you're in, you're finally in the bond villain base where there are traps and stuff. Yes. <laughs> um, which is cool. Like when you get to the, the layer, you had 10 minutes to get the antidote. Mm-hmm. Um, but they like trap you in a gas chamber that you have to grapple out of, yeah. um, to get deeper in. Um, you know, we, in between some cutscenes later, you end up on a, a, a death trap bridge. <laughs> you know, it's like the part of the bond stuff that has been missing from this. Yes. I, I love the death the death trap bridge where like the wall comes up with the sign you mm-hmm. know ultra low texture or ultra low detail because of the era but it says you are now in harm's way with a smiley face yeah <laughs> and then it drops uh, you as the note. bridge it's pushing you off the bridge is opening and there are sharks in the in underground and these <laughs> so sharks good. are invincible yes. which breaks the shark lore um but you have to uh swim to safety here mm-hmm. um you get to this lounge uh and activate all this hidden gear by pulling this beer tap yeah. This gets you into the Baroness's offices where there is a button on a chair that opens the safe. Has to be pretty frustrating if you want some beer and <laughs> it turns out <laughs> yep. it's the lever to open all this stuff. It's going to yeah. be an unpopular beer. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, it's never come up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, Kate goes in, finds the uh, the list of names on the safe, uh, and she, you know, leave, we leave on a cliffhanger here. She, she says, oh, well, this is unexpected. Uh, you know, she's interrupted the Baroness and her guards barge into the room and we need to flee the, we, we need to flee her to her underground helipad to get out. Yes. Um, which starts the section, a very large explosion. Um, the objective is to get off the mountain alive and then attend to the name that we saw at the top of the list. Right. Um, so, uh, as, as we're moving through here, this helicopter is flying around shooting everything. And there's an announcement that say all coffee breaks have been postponed. Until the threat has been neutralized again, that evil has work. Yep. Venture Brothers Steez. Yeah. Um, and this is where the board women are. They say finally yep. some excitement. Uh, and they're going to come out and be periodic mini bosses here. And by mini boss, I mean bullet sponges. Yeah. Just, just one enemy who's with the other enemies that has more hit points. Yes. These are very weird. <laughs> like, I don't know why these weren't cut. Yeah. Um, so uh, when you emerge uh, in the kitchen of the Swiss mansion, I'm going to get to the lobby and fight uh, the first of the villain girls. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not really worth talking about them individually. No, they pretty much uh, just shoot at you. <laughs> yeah, they, they shoot and they take more hit points. Right. They take more damage. Uh, pretty silly. Yep. Um, but the uh, the rest of the level after you get through this is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, because you are in a big mansion full of crawl spaces and secret passages. Love it. I uh, love that. Like, that's sweet. You know, like hitting a, hitting a rotating section of wall, going through a crawl space and just emerging in an ornate bedroom where people are, yeah. you know, just like unaware that you're going to be there. Fucking. Like you, <laughs> no, like you get the jump on people. It's good. It's fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I love this, this level. Really it's really great. Yeah. This is really cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you yep. find a unity, uh, a unity agent near the entryway. Um, Kate tells him, Hey, uh, takes, t- take cover. There's going to be a very large explosion. Like this whole place is going up. Yep. Yep. 
Uh, once you get outside, uh, you get this courtyard where you fight the other uh, villain ladies. Mm -hmm. uh, one is up close. The other one uses a sniper rifle with poison bullets, uh, yeah. which is a pain. Uh, you know, lots of quick saving. Mm -hmm. um, you hop aboard the gondola and there are helicopters in the sky. Um, weirdly, the helicopters seem to be immune to uh, explosions. Yep. Like grenade launchers and rocket launchers. I just oozied them. Yeah, I just shot the... And they, the it was like, yeah. oh, okay, so I'll shoot the pilots and then they'll go down? I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't know that it models the pilot specifically. I think you just do enough damage to the helicopter object. Yeah, uh, and it just goes down. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, you know, you are uh, riding along here. Eventually, uh, we get a cutscene. Uh, the Baron uh, is singing to himself as he sits down for dinner. He's like, just he's alone at this gigantic dining room table. Obviously, he's been a piece of shit this whole time. As he sits mm -hmm. down, he belches, and then the whole mountaintop explodes. Uh, the yes. Baron assistant, you know, has taken out, taken out her husband. Uh, she's moving into mm -hmm. the end game of the plan. Yep. Uh, the ultimate friend zone. <laughs> um, heaven? So you, yeah, yep. Heaven <laughs> is the ultimate friend zone. Um, the uh, t-shirt idea. Uh, so you use this grappling hook uh, to get down to ground level uh, where you meet Volkov. Um, he's here to kill you and take back the list. Right. Um, but a tremor happens and uh, you fall into these, you both fall into these icy caverns. Mm -hmm. You're separated by a chasm and do a boss fight from like a distance. Yeah. You initially don't have a gun. You have to go across these like crumbly ice walkways, which are very trial yeah. and error to me uh, to get to yep. a, a revolver to take shots at him. Yep. And of, of course uh, he falls in the, the chasm. You don't see the body. So he's probably still alive. Probably. Yep. And you think this would be the end, but of course there, we have a lot of loose ends to wrap yep. up. Yep. Um, and such is the nature of revenge, which is kind of a theme. Me, yeah. A little bit. It's as yeah. much as anything. <laughs> yeah. So, um, it says like, Hey, uh, all that you have to do, all that's left is to report the good news of your success to command. Like you've got the list of mm -hmm. names you have, you know, used the, uh, antidote, like it works and you just have to call him. Uh, so Kate mm -hmm. is in a, uh, is in a telephone booth calling Mr. Jones who cannot believe that she's still alive. Like everybody, uh, figured, okay, the entire bot went up. It'd be impossible for her to live. Uh, she's going yeah. to send in a telegram uh, with a list of names so they can defuse the plot. Mm -hmm. um, uh, however, uh, the Baroness is there outside the phone booth and draws on her. Mm -hmm. um, she's about to shoot you, but you shoot her. Uh, and she says, you know, I still have the satisfaction of knowing you failed. No, this little harm girl, no, this little girl harm will not, will not die with me. And she burps, yeah. uh, which is, a, you know, that means scariness. Yep. She, uh, she's turned herself so, into a bomb. It, it, it is as angry as one can be to do this. <laughs> yep. 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 So you have to go rescue civilians by activating them, uh -huh. walking up and telling them to get out. Uh, there are 11 of them. <clears throat> yeah. Um, and you have to do this before the Baroness uh, blows up. This is not too hard. Mm -hmm. uh, this little runaround section. Yeah. Um, but once you do, uh, we cut immediately to your success. You know, yeah. you, everyone has escaped and you're in the war room with Jones and Smith. Yeah. And Smith, he apologizes. It kind of seems like he's come around on you saying, oh, mm -hmm. you know, I, I, I have treated you very poorly. That's because, you know, the stakes were very high. Right. Yeah. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. And Kate is like, is that it? You yeah. Know, this is how it ends. And and Jones is like, yeah, like this is our job is to save the world. But most of the time, people did not even know it was in danger. So it's not like something we're going to get applause. Yeah. You, know, for, you, you just have you to know, get used to it. You know, you're going to you, you put in your day's work and you shuffle off home and you take a drink and take a bath. Yep. Yep. Uh, so we cut over to uh, Kate visiting uh, Bruno's grave the next day mm -hmm. uh, when Tom Goodman shows up. 
Um, <laughs> and this is this is like really good. I like this performance. Where he's like, yeah. you cost me a lot of money. <laughs> uh, you know, again, like rounding out the theme that uh, spies are bad people. Yes. Um, you know, it turns out he's the traitor. He's like, I didn't even get a paycheck. Like, I did all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because you blew up the person who's supposed to pay me. <laughs> well, she blew herself up, but you know, yeah. tomato, tomato. and he says this really cynical thing like oh you know like don't don't get all high and mighty on me everybody has their price of course because kate is good she does not and they like talk about the difference between a spy and an operative which feels like a distinction without a difference to me yeah (laughs) yeah like it feels like a synonym to me uh but this is our final little boss fight with a duel uh between you and tom in the graveyard uh, Mm -hmm. both using the same weapons um and he uses the uh the bullets to make you hallucinate goats yes uh floating goats in front of you they look like um the figments that you get in uh psychonauts oh yeah (laughs) yeah um, but not too hard. Uh, you just you just really want to keep up the DPS. Yeah. Um, when you're about to finish him off, uh, he gets shot from a distance and falls into a grave. And <laughs> who took the shot? Very convenient. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Smith. Oh, shit. He's here to help us. He, yeah. Uh, attending some unfinished business. business. But then he goes to shoot Kate. Uh-huh. Uh, it's like, oh, he was the spy. But then Mr. Jones shoots him. Yes. Turns out um, the actual mole was Mr. Smith. <laughs> yep. Uh, uh, as was uh, hinted towards and away from. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. No, they just, he, he was a dick and then he was nice. And then it turns out he was dick the whole, a dick the whole time. Um, mm-hmm. The Tom Goodman that we found, that's not the real Tom Goodman. Um, Tom Goodman died in Amsterdam. The man we've been working with is a vacuum cleaner salesman from Akron, Ohio, named Melvin Blitzney. Uh, you will yeah. uh, you, in the second game. You will go to Akron and fight ninjas in a tornado, which mm-hmm. is weird to me. <laughs> also, yeah, finally like, Akron. Finally, at Akron, the city everybody knows of from Ohio. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, home of Devo. Uh, yes. Um. Uh, and Bruno shows up. Uh huh. What? Uh, he's, he's alive. There. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Smith is about to shoot Bruno. Kate shoots him. Uh, and, uh, Bruno basically explains what happened. Yes. Uh, Smith was very, uh, upset about being taken off active duty. Um, he started worrying about his retirement and such. So he teamed up with Blitzney, uh, to set up a trap to kill the real good men and team up with harm, uh, for money, basically. Uh, the Morocco job itself was a trap for Bruno and Kate. Uh, and Bruno had to fake his death and have it believable. So Kate would react normally. (laughs) Which is a dick thing. Uh, the, that, that, that never has to be the case. Hey, Commissioner wow. Gordon, fucking stop. Yes, yes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, and the uh, you know, this uh, the reason why all these missions failed is because they were all traps. Yeah, they were never meant to succeed. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Um, and um, you know, the final piece of evidence that you know, says, hey, we can conclusively pin this on everybody, um, is uh, uh we, we found the harm puppet inside of Smith's apartment. The one from yep. all the videos. Yep. Uh, Kate's very upset about this. Like, why didn't you tell me? Why didn't we do anything sooner? And they have pretty reasonable explanations. Like, yeah. we didn't know. You know, like, we weren't sure. <laughs> the things that you did confirm things. But, yeah. you know, quite reasonably, we can't just, like, act on nothing. Yeah. Um, you know, Bruno says, you did seem very upset at my funeral. And she feels incredibly betrayed that he watched uh, her uh, <laughs> mourn him over casket. an empty, ca- <laughs> empty casket, which is pretty dark. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's the end of the game. That's our little spy story. Yeah. She chases them off. Yeah. And then yep. she goes on to be further in harm's way. Harm is not gone yes. just because the Baroness is gone. 
yes, there is more harm. Uh, Volkov comes back. Um, there was a guy actually at a real little bit of seating that's interesting because uh, I was reading about the second game mm-hmm. of this. Um, a character who's in the background in a lot of these shots is actually the master of harm. Yes, uh, it's, a drunk, him it's a drunk NPC. guy that you see in every level. Yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I love that. So, some uh, big big shades of uh, Gontro Dim. Yeah. In that, you mm-hmm. know, how he showed up beforehand. I love that shit. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So, you know, I think that this is definitely a game that is, uh, that, that if it has, you know, most of the problems that I have with it do feel like a problem with the era, you know, mm-hmm. the fidelity, the poor signaling, the, uh, the stealth, uh, not really giving you any kind of feedback, uh, the instant failure, uh, if an alarm is raised, like all of those things feel like they, you know, it's baggage that is, you know, loaded upon this thing that is actually really good and would have been good if it was made at a different time. Yeah. I mean, and, and to me, most like the stealth is obviously the, uh, you know, the, the, the verbal, yeah. you know, the near verbal flaw to this, but I also want to just like, you know, put out a, a very specific reverse shout out to just the length. Yes. which is of its time. Like there are pacing problems with this that are not just us being whiny because we prefer short games. Right. It means, uh, you know, things, uh, you'll, you'll forget about plot points. They'll be presented as being more important. Yeah. Um, it's paced like a movie at points when in between scenes, you're actually just doing long portions of a pretty good to really good shooter. Yeah. Um, you know, and that, you know, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like I like the the idea of uh, mixing it up, but it just goes on for too long. Yeah. Um, and that ends up just being, you know, kind of a real problem. But like mm-hmm. you said, that is of its time. Yeah. That's the 1997 to 2005 corridor. <laughs> and uh, we just did not know how long first person shooters could support. Yes. At the time. You know, um, looking at looking at, you know, uh, aside from that stuff, though, I think the level design is fucking incredible in this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I like it significantly better than I like the level design in Fear. Yeah. Which, like, we talked about that recently where I feel like that's just a lot of office buildings. Mm-hmm. Um, I think by making you kind of globetrot yeah. through this, it feels more like Blood, but a more successful version of Blood. Like, Blood, mm-hmm. you're, like, doing, like, haunted, you know, amusement parks and shit yeah. uh, that feel really cool. But it still has that abstract of space that comes with, like, the Doom generation. Mm-hmm. Um, this, it feels a little bit more realistic. And you get a really great variety of levels. Yeah. Um, you know, there are, there are only a few of them, uh, that feel like they are, you know, generic, you know, or just kind of devoid of incident. And, uh, and that really dovetails well with the fact that this should have been shorter and could have used an editor, you know, um, it ends up feeling like it has the plot of a season of a show almost. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, There's like little arcs and stuff that happen. Like you, you, you rescue Shanker twice. Right. (laughs) <laughs> you know like that that's weird mm-hmm. um you know but the actual the level design is really good the actual retro shooting like gameplay is really fun yeah like it you know it's snappy uh responsive the weapons feel good in your hands enemy behavior is uh is really fun and entertaining mm-hmm. yeah um and the the writing is good yeah. like the actual story that you know the plot itself is not embarrassing mm-hmm. uh the dialogue is uniformly pretty good and there are a lot of laugh out loud moments that we didn't cover necessarily mm-hmm. uh for me largely because i didn't catch them because i was bad at the stealth right <laughs> but watching the youtube that's the compilation of them i'm like oh yeah this like actually is pretty special yeah uh you know this this is really neat um it made me curious about the second one even though we're doing marathon soon yeah so i need I, I don't want to ruin my appetite, uh, you know, for shooters, but it did make me curious about the second one. Yeah. Um, which is apparently, uh, lots of improvements. Yeah. So, 
Yeah. yeah. No, this is good. I'm happy we finally managed to cover those. Yeah, me too. Yeah, Thank thanks, you, Joe. Yeah. Uh, if you have anything to say about No One Lives Forever um, or anything to say about Uncharted Waters 2 or Marathon 2, Durandal, hit us up at duckfeed.tv slash contact uh, by the 15th of November. Yes. And if you have anything to say about December's games, uh, which are going to be Dragon Age 2, uh, the associated DLCs, and Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance, uh, that deadline is December the 15th. Wow, that is coming around yeah. soon. It's very soon. Yeah. Um, Duckstream announcements will happen at some point. Yeah. We're like past the point where we would have gotten past PRGE in a normal uh-huh. year. Uh, or PR, yeah. Uh, and so we'll start talking about that at some point soon. Uh, that will probably be less of a slumber party vibe and more of a virtual vibe. Uh, yeah. Because uh, we lost a year. We did. At least a year. They took it from us. Uh, yeah, that we, we lost uh, probably two years. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very weird. Um, so the, uh, but that, the announcements will now come up soon. Um, if you would like to sponsor an episode, you can. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are booking into kind of end of first quarter of 2021. Um, you can go to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. Get a lot of things for that. Um, entire other shows, episodes early, um, you know, just a plethora of benefits, access yeah. to the Slack, mm-hmm. the fun message board. Um, and one of the shows you can get early is our brand new show, Orb. Yeah. Um, we mentioned that multiple times during this because it is kind of associated subject matter. Mm-hmm. Um, that is our episode recap uh, series about the Venture Brothers. Yeah, it's a good time. And uh, we think you'll enjoy it. Go check Absolutely. it out at orb.show. Yeah. Uh, and then ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your podcast are appreciated. Please. Uh, anything else? No, I think that's about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So until next time, what should they do, Cole? Uh, watch, they watch, out, out for? W- watch out for uh, flatulent people. <laughs>